and welcome to this 15th roundtable discussion produced by Transparent Media Truth. This episode was recorded on August 25th, 2020. Before I introduce today's guests, I would like to issue a quick retraction during the fifth roundtable discussion recorded on June 12th, 2020, featuring Dr. Judy Mikovits and Dr. Andy Kaufman. It was incorrectly asserted that Dr. Kaufman had a BS degree in molecular biology from MIT. It has come to our attention, thanks to the research of Dr. Kevin McCairn, PhD, that MIT has never offered an undergraduate degree in molecular biology. While MIT does offer undergraduate degrees in biology, we have not been able to confirm or deny this to be the case as far as Dr. Kaufman's credentials from MIT are concerned. It is important to note that there is a significant difference between a degree in molecular biology and basic biology, so Transparent Media Truth apologizes for not confirming this information prior to releasing this roundtable discussion. Today's program continues the conversation about healthcare freedom and the lack thereof that many around the world are experiencing as a result of the potential dangers presented by the presence of a mutated coronavirus which results in the upper respiratory infection known as COVID-19. Governments around the world have gone into overdrive, many circumventing constitutionally codified freedoms as well as international legal restraints such as the Nuremberg Code in order to protect citizens against this virus which the CDC estimates has an infection mortality rate of 0.26%. According to studies by the United Nations, these lockdowns will lead to millions more children suffering from malnutrition with an additional 10,000 deaths per month attributed to food supply chain disruptions caused by government overreaction. In the United States alone, as many as 40 million people have become unemployed as a result of lockdown measures which will undoubtedly result in what many are calling the next Great Depression. Our guests on the show today are willing to stand up and say enough is enough. Dr. Carrie Madej has been speaking out on social media for months to educate all those who will listen about the lockdown lunacy, as well as the dangers of the coming RNA vaccine and associated novel technologies that may well affect those injected for generations to come. Find out more about her work at Dr. Carrie Madej on YouTube, Carrie Madej on Facebook, where you can ask to join the private serendipity group, or at Dr. Madej on Twitter. Our second guest is the natural nurse in a toxic world, Kate Cheramani. After healing her breast cancer naturally, Kate realized that the allopathic model of medicine was ineffective at dealing with chronic healthcare issues. She has since dedicated her life to educating the public about natural healing through proper nutrition and exercise. After diving down the rabbit hole of the allopathic medical mafia, Kate awakened to the broader agenda connecting the medical establishment to the multiple tentacles of the corporate government squid. Her journey has led her to become not only an educator, but a political activist, and she was instrumental in orchestrating the anti-lockdown protests in Trafalgar Square, London, over the weekend of August 28th. Find out more about Kate at Kate Sharamani on Twitter, or at Natural Nurse in a Toxic World on Instagram. Enjoy this conversation between an American doctor and an English nurse as they describe their perspectives on the current coronavirus pandemic and the devastating and long-term effects of the government reaction on an unsuspecting population. I am your host. My name is Doug McKinty. 
You can take a look at my weekly long-form interview podcast called The Shift with Doug McCanty on YouTube and Facebook, or check out theshiftnow.com for more information and all my past episodes. As always, I would like to thank Rob Rubin with Transparent Media Truth for producing this roundtable discussion. Find all the episodes at transparentmediatruth.com, on YouTube at the Transparent Media Truth channel, or join the conversation on Twitter at transparentmed1. Also, if you like what you're hearing, please consider a donation on Patreon at patreon.com backslash transparentmediatruth. And without further ado, enjoy this 15th roundtable discussion between myself, Dr. Carrie Madej, and the natural nurse in a toxic world, Kate Shimarani. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us. This is a very special roundtable discussion that we're having today between myself and uh, Dr. Carrie Madej and Kate Shamarani, the natural nurse in a toxic world, really looking forward to um, going and taking a deep dive into what's been happening with COVID-19 here. Dr. Carey has been very vocal uh, about her concerns just with the whole thing and the technology that's getting rolled out, especially with the vaccines. Uh, and Kate has been doing the same in the UK, trying to educate people uh, in terms of just tell them the truth about what's really going on out there, uh, trying to make sure that people are less afraid, I think. I mean, that's where I'm at right now. I feel like um, we're looking at a, a bad flu virus and people think that it's, uh, you know, the, the biggest pandemic since 1918. And so, you know, maybe if we have one goal today, it'll be to kind of uh, help people to uh, understand what seems to actually be going on on the ground here uh, with this COVID-19 quote-unquote pandemic um, and uh, then just kind of suss out what's what's coming down the pike in terms of the technology, in terms of the vaccine rollout, and uh, maybe do some education for people as well as try to just generate some uh, understanding of what we can do to prepare for the future and maybe even, I think, try to to stop what's going on here. At least that's where I'm at. I mean, I'm ready to organize because uh, it seems like people who are thinking alternatively to the government corporate narrative uh, are going to have to stand up here, or we may find ourselves really looking into looking down the pike into this 1984 brave new world coming our way. So uh, just to get started here, Dr. Carey, do you want to give a little bit of your history and uh, what you've been doing in the last couple of months in terms of, of COVID? Uh, yes, I'm an internal medicine physician. I've served as medical director and private clinician of two clinics. I owned my last clinic, and this is all in Georgia in the United States. Um, so in, in 2015, I uh, decided to move to the Dominican Republic and do telemedicine and charity work there. So that's what I do. Um, I've studied vaccines, though, for 20 over 20 years, then one of my interests and have been very concerned about them and been very vocal in the past about them. And then I, you know, when I was looking into this new pandemic that we're having right now, and I saw the word vaccine pop up real quick, that's when I started to do more research and decided to speak up again. So a little bit of my history. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. And I know just from the research that I've done looking into your stuff, you've also been doing some deep dives into the technology that they're putting into the vaccine, the new RNA vaccine, and some of this, like the hydrogel technology coming out of DARPA. So we'll definitely be talking about that more as we get into the program. And do you want to tell people just real quick here at the beginning of the show about the serendipity group and the, the Facebook group and where people can, um, you know, learn more about and get more information um, from your organization? 
Sure. I, I decided to stay on Facebook because there is so much negative negativity on there. And I said, well, you know, we should turn that around and put some positive things out there, or at least some more uh, knowledge for the lay person. Because, you know, we have special groups, but we need something that everyone can get access to. So anyway, Serendipity Group is a private and hidden group. Um, just find my name, Dr. Carrie Made, and um, I'll friend you, and then I'll invite you to that group. So we have lots of information from all over the world there. So, yeah, it's a good group. Yeah, great. And really appreciate you putting that together. The kind of education that you're doing is so necessary these days. And so, Kate, do you want to uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got on this path? I was and... just thinking, Harry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, I'm uh, Kate Shamarani, natural nurse in a toxic world to my other handle. And um, I've been a nurse for 35 years and an independent nurse prescriber. And then I, I became a mummy to four kids within three and a half years. And uh, three of them actually were IVF, which is quite pertinent to what I'm going to say. And then uh, everything was going well. I went back to work when my youngest was eight. I did my return to practice to do aesthetics because it was lots of money, less hours, and I could open a little clinic, which I did. And then I was quite fortunate. I was diagnosed with a really aggressive breast cancer. Mm. And, uh, and I say that fortunate because it really was to change everything. And um, I had private uh, health care. I was married at the time to a very uh, gifted uh, man, uh, um, my, my ex-husband. And um, I read three studies that if I was to, to have all of what was on offer, and that was privately, that wasn't the NHS, formerly known as the healthcare system, um, that my survival was 20% at two years and zero at five. So uh, we began researching and I declined chemotherapy and radiotherapy, tamoxifen, Zolodex. And I did the Gerson therapy, um, the full Gerson therapy for two years. I don't know whether your viewers know. It's 13 juices a day, five coffee enemas a day, fat-free, salt-free, sugar-free, vegan diet. I did not waver. I did it with four kids, no family in this country. Um, I ran my house like a military up at quarter to five. It suited me, actually. I'm a really OCD kind of person. I did a B17 tablet protocol. I did high dose vitamin C with liposomal vitamin C. And I also had, uh, which I did myself, I had uh, mistletoe injections into my abdomen for one year. And I continued to do that Gerson therapy for two years. Now, at that time, my ex-husband was in the 9-11 Truth Coalition. He's Iranian, um, a doctor of computer science, but his, uh, his master's was in chemical engineering. And he was really interested in all the history of banking. Um, I'd already read Brave New World several times through school, but that I used to read his books when I was doing coffee enemas. And when you're doing five a day, uh, you get a lot of books read. And um, I read it was before iPhones were in. And I began and I read, you know, the Club of Rome, the Committee of 300, all the illegal wars. And that was really a baptism of fire. And then, of course, because I was doing Gerson, I started to research the whole history of medicine. And boy, did I have to throw everything I'd ever learned in nursing school, which was virtually zero, um, and, and relearn the whole history and how it was all a complete lie. Viruses were a lie, the germ theory, everything. And that cancer was, you know, you could reverse it. Which it, Anyway, that was, uh, gosh, not, almost nine years ago. And that was how I learned about it. Also, I 
um, I started to, uh, I did a diploma in nutrition just to get the qualification, although it doesn't really mean anything. And then I began to take on my own patients and I got a radio show, a small radio show, which bombed me off recently because I spoke about COVID, the first one in the UK really to talk about it in March, <laughs> caused a real big storm. Uh, and then I, so I'm on an American one now. And so that really, I've been working a little bit of aesthetics, although I don't do very much of it now. Um, my, I generally take on patients and reverse disease, uh, reverse cancer. You can't say cure in the UK, otherwise you go to prison for three months under the 1939 Cancer Act. You can't even say cure. But I have reversed tumors and got rid of them. Um, so that's what I do. I take on uh, all sorts, children, adults, and uh, I... I uh, I have more demand than what I can keep up with and uh, all over the world. And it's, it, it's wonderful and it's really sad. And then when, when this happened, when I first read about, you know, vector technology before lockdown and started to read all about what was going on, um, I kind of, it kind of fitted with everything I'd read, Rockefeller lockstep, everything I'd read in the past. Um, and then I'm sure, as you know, I became really vocal about it. They're probably one of the most vocal females in the UK and uh, I kind of don't hold back and I keep hearing all the time, you know, from people, oh, it's this Jasara Nasara reset and it's going to be better for everyone. Well, that doesn't help the common man because there's been loads of suicides. Loads of people have starved already around the world who can't even afford to eat because they're on a daily wage. So I find it kind of really vulgar when I sit in my nice middle class home. I kind of am right out there for the, the, you know, the working man and what they can't afford really. And um and, and now, of course, we are about to do one of the biggest rallies that is happening in London. And I'm the first speaker and I'm um, chairing it all. And, um, and we're just pushing back. I'm part of a political party. I'm the nurse on that, which is Save Us Now, saveusnow.org.uk. And uh, that's our political party where we aim to use the laws of this country to take <laughs> the government uh, to task with it. So that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, that's a great story. I've heard it over and over again, actually, people that get these debilitating diseases, these chronic diseases, and the uh, allopathic system just isn't helping them. And so they look towards these alternatives, and they, it just opens your whole perception to this whole new world, this... Um, kind of God. Uh, right? <laughs> this alternative, yeah. alternative, quote unquote, science, where you find that there's just been dozens and dozens and hundreds of scientists that have been working on alternative ideas and they don't get the um the press coverage or they don't get they don't become part of the system they get pushed uh to the to the back side because typically they're not uh, a patentable or they're natural money. remedies and they're not making the money that's just money and i have so many examples of that but uh, that's how i got to, to the dominican republic i did a lot of that in my clinic it was very well known people from different countries came and uh, different states and didn't charge them more than the insurance was paying, mm -hmm. but it wasn't very um, popular with different entities, you know, different uh, insurance companies and different pharmaceutical companies and different government entities because people were getting cured. I'm not allowed to say that either here, but yeah. <laughs> happening. So I have more freedom in, in the Dominican Republic and I can do telemedicine and I cut all my ties with any of those entities. Because they're well, well, I recently got yeah, I recently got my license taken away, which I don't really care. Well, they didn't take it away; they suspended it. 
Uh-huh. Three hearings. They only managed to do it on the third hearing because I couldn't attend. The first two, you know, we really had them by the short and curlies. But um, uh, actually, I, I now I say, ah, I, you haven't suspended me. I resign. They keep emailing me and telling me to open files. And I say, I'm not opening them. Stop harassing me. I've already served you genocide notices. Yeah. Um, I served the board genocide notices. And uh, I don't want to be part of uh, it. And today, actually, we were discussing myself and a doctor of nursing that if we do all get out of this alive, we're actually considering opening a new board. And um, people are going to have to. That's what we're planning on doing and make it patient centric because our nursing board was taken over by the government in 2001. So they're not uh, running it for patients. I mean, I'm going to tell you lots. It's horrific. Um, But they're, um, they're being run by the government, which is for common purpose. It's, it's a genocide program. That's exactly what it is. Make them sick, keep them sick, treat them for the sickness, keep right. them more sick, yeah, kill them, to come bury off. them, and charge yeah. them all the way along. And then the United States, they don't want you ever coming off of a medicine once you're put on it. And I was always in trouble because I was taking people off medicines all the time, but they were doing great. They didn't have any answer for me, but put them back on or we don't pay you. And that's what happened <laughs> through oh. the insurance unbelievable yeah you know so many people and this has been coming up for me uh, just you know talking to people in my community for example or trying to wake people up to what's really going on and they think that the government is there to protect them and they really ah. trust that the government right <laughs> i know I don't, I don't know how you know you try to point out well don't you think the government maybe the it's government a little bit corrupt to protect you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. And they, they believe this, that the government is working, you know, to, to sort of balance these corporations because everybody's willing to say, oh, the pharmaceutical corporations, of course, they're just out for money. But that's why we have the government here that protects us from them. And that's in the real world. I don't see where uh, it's just like this assumption that plays itself out culturally. But I don't see where that's ever been true. It just seems like the government over and over again is reinforcing uh, these corporations ability to, um, you know, to just to just profit and make more profit and, and make uh, alternatives illegal. Like you're talking about, you can't even say the word cure. You can't say these other, you know, the, these other modalities that are obviously working. You can't say that they're curing the disease because you're opening yourself up to malpractice and all kinds of other, other issues or losing your license. Like you're talking about, it's insane. Um, yes. I ask people, why do you think there's a food and drug administration in the United States? Why are they together? They should not be together. You know, it just start right. to get to question things. Um, but I try to make my videos for the lay person. I try my best to try to take complicated um, ideas or complex, uh, you know, uh, things and put them into terms where people can understand them. So hopefully I do that okay. Because <laughs> these are very complex. Yeah connected a web of lies I, I do that with a whiteboard I do I do teaching videos and uh like I did a flu when I did the flu vaccine video last year and it just went round and round and then when I wanted to teach people recently about what was really in a vaccine and and you tend to it tends to be the older market the older mums or and I wanted to get it to the young kids because they go into university. And of course, mm. in the UK, we have a thing called the Gillick competency, which is another piece of paper that is rubbish. But it means a child has the, the um, authority to decide if they want a vaccine on their own, if they are deemed competent. And that can be from really young, you know, eight, nine, 10. But they, the competency doesn't work the other way. They can't decide if they don't want it. So are they competent or are they not? So it's been done for vaccines. But it was actually Gillick competency was over contraception digressing but 
So I wanted to do a video to get the younger people involved. So I did a spoof video and I was Nurse Ratchet mm. when I did it in my kitchen and made it the Bill Gates Fax headquarters. I don't know if you've seen it. It's only about seven minutes long and I've got a doll. Have you seen it? I haven't. And I whistle the ingredients up in the blender. And, uh, <laughs> and then my friend, I say, here you go. And I give it to her to drink. She says, I'm not drinking that. I think it's had about 90,000, maybe more, maybe a million hits. Um, and you know what? We did it as a comedy and, uh, and, and it did, it hit all the young kids as well. And I got lots of young kids came to me. We did it, you know, I, I it was really graphic. Uh, you know, I said, I said, Oh, phenol Hitler loves phenol. It explodes your cells. Right. And I did it really spoof and people loved it, but people were horrified. They, they said, it's not real. They should yeah. Be- I, I'll send you the link. It's <laughs> yeah. It's, well, and that's just, you see, um, the, the, you know, even the nurses, they don't know what's in a vaccine. They don't know they're not taught. And so in a court of law, if they give a vaccine and then that person has has a problem, then technically it's medical battery. And the nurses don't, don't learn actually medical school either. <laughs> Do you yeah, know? you don't learn. And, we don't learn all and, the ingredients of the vaccine in medical school. I had to teach myself. Yeah, yeah that, that's and, crazy. You know, the other thing that kind of freaked me out was in, in the Bible, I read the King James version of the Bible. It states you can't have the bat or the eagle. And it's interesting all the things you're not meant to have are in those vaccines. You know, <laughs> there's bat, eagle, it's all in there. And uh, I've been really graphic in my videos when I talk about how they get, the, how they're doing the new cell lines for the immortalized cell lines. I actually go through wow. in graphic detail of yeah. how they obtain fetuses and what they do. And, and, and I, you know, if, if people don't like hearing it, then, but uh, it, it's kind of, you know, for me, I, I can't comprehend how any doctor or nurse, if someone ran down a train platform after you with a hypodermic needle chasing you, you would run away. You yeah. would literally run away because it's a weapon. And yet the minute someone puts a tunic on or uh, a stethoscope around their neck, suddenly it's okay. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I can't get my head around it. And uh, personally, I'd like to see them all in a court of law for genocide. I do say that regularly. Yeah. Them. And this, this vaccine's going light years beyond our normal vaccine that we see. And you, you, you said it very eloquently. The normal vaccine is horrific. And then now we're going to this next level of invasion of privacy and loss of autonomy and all these other things that are involved. It's not just our health anymore. You know, a lot of things are on the line with this new vaccine. So, Well, you're no longer of the creator. When you have that vaccine, that's going to change you forever, which means you're no longer of the creator. So technically you could be patented, but it also means they can kill everybody because it's no longer genocide because you're no longer human, you're transhuman. You're, you're no longer an individual sovereign person. And I can tell yep. you that they started learning about this. I went to a World Congress meeting in Vegas in 2014, I believe. And Craig Venter, Dr. Venter was there as the Human Genome Project. He was part of the Human Genome Project. So he was talking about these vaccines right now. And he was talking about how they were already patenting genes or genomes. And what they would do, because the genome is a code, they were putting their names, their signatures, or actual names in the code of a genome. So that was their genome. Wow. Can you believe that? He was very proud of us. And there was applause by everyone around me, which were doctors and scientists and nurses. And 
And I felt like I was the only one not applauding. I'm like, what is going on? And so I thought, well, this is more, this is in the future, future. No, that was what, five, six years ago. But then he also said this, he said that they were putting in a message in the code. Now he never did say what the message was, but what was this man's name? Dr. Dr. Um, Craig Venter, Craig Venter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. C-E-N-T-E-R. Yeah, the Human Genome Project. He also said that they were working with China at the time. <laughs> well, and they were uploading the genomes and then downloading them. So we can do that. That's actually been something fascinating to me. They're trying to play this off as, as uh, the U.S. versus China. And yet everything that I'm seeing all the way down to the potential creation of the coronavirus in the lab is that these guys have been working together the whole time. <laughs> like I tell people it's not one country against another country. This is, this is an interconnected web of people who believe mm-hmm. that they are more elite than the rest of us. And there are too many of us. Okay, They, they go on record of saying that. And this one particular uh, scientific meeting I was talking about, they were talking how there were too many people. What do we do about that? They had other kind of theories, but about manipulation of the genes and then patenting. And we talked about patenting humans, okay? Now he was for this or for at least patenting part of the genome. And this is this information from this meeting helped me to research more about this vaccine and, and verify what was going on with this vaccine. But, you know, the Supreme Court justice ruling in the United States still says that if it becomes synthetic, something not from nature, you can patent that part of the genome. That's crazy. And people need and to know. And you're no longer human. Of course. And yeah, then they can, roll on with their, they can roll on with their next part of the agenda then, which is depopulation without any repercussions. Well, does anyone really know what's in this new vaccine? Who's testing it? Where's the, the independent review board? What's going on? We're taking their word for it. We're taking the company's word for it. Or Moderna, who's never made a human vaccine or medication. Mm, We're taking one. their word that that works. Who are they? They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Come <Yeah>. on. <laughs> and they, and they pulled, they've pulled liability from these guys at the same time. So no matter what, no matter how disastrous it is, they're not going to be held liable for what they're doing. It's, it's completely oh, insane. Like, I would take this stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> We shouldn't even be discussing that it could be taken. We should just throw it away. Their early studies are awful anyway, you know? They admit sure. that 100% of their high-dose vaccine gives systemic side effects, 100%. A normal study, we'd throw out the window, start all over again, or look for something new, right? We wouldn't continue on with that. So why I, I think I think, though, as well, you know, we have to go back further than that because everyone's kind of... Everyone's kind of talking about this new vaccine, this new vaccine. And we have to remember that no vaccine's ever been proven safe. No vaccine's ever been proven effective. Mm-hmm. No two vaccines right. have ever been tested together for their efficacy, which means uh, when you give all these children those vaccines all together, then they become um, an experiment. And that goes against yes. the Nuremberg uh, Act. And and then what, what's actually happened is we've already been loaded up lock and load with um, immortalized cell lines that the older you get or the more immunocompromised you become because you're so toxic, you're getting cancer. And we, we see evidence of that with one in two in the UK is getting cancer in their lifetime. And by 2050, all of the charities state that that's going to be 100%. 100% of the population is going to get uh, cancer within 30 years. So I think I think one can kind of get hung up on on 
on this, you know, all I hear all the time is this new vaccine is really dangerous and they're going to make it mandatory. And I don't believe they need to make it mandatory because they've already put, uh, you know, used the Red Army's tactics of, of torture and making everyone uh, dependent, disabled and dreading. And so it will become policy. They'll make it policy. You have to have this vaccine or you can't go to work or you can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so and so it, to, to me, uh, the, this new vaccine, we, we don't know what it's going to do. It's really dangerous. Just some of the ingredients in it alone. But then when you put that on top of what everyone already has, and then you bring into it the, um, you know, the electromagnetic pulsed radiation that we know is going to be um, rolled out. And what that actually does with your calcium channel in your cells and with your lymphocytes, which are your immune cells, it's going to drop everything again. We can't kill already the cells we've already got from the other vaccines. So it's almost like it's, it, it, to me, it's almost like a clock face. All the numbers are on. And all they've got to do now is add the two hands of the clock and that's it. It's midnight. It's a bit like that. I feel like it's, um, it's kind of like if, if it doesn't kill us straight away, this new one, then it's collateral damage really quickly with everything that's in the vaccine and what the electromagnetic pulsed radiation is going to do as well because they do work together. I know you get kicked off everywhere for saying it, but I've spent hours and hours and hours and hours of research reading papers on that very thing and and military papers as well. And I don't know how anyone can say that they're all not linked. It's all linked together. It's it's art of war. Yeah, it's art of war. Um, you you never tell anyone in your army all the plans. People only know one or two of the plans, and you never just have one weapon. So that if you get compromised, we, they've they've planned for years, and they've got all these weapons. We've already been loaded up with all these heavy metals, and even in one of the vaccines, it has tungsten in it. I don't know whether you've come across that. There was a study, and they found tungsten in one of the vaccines, and mm-hmm. that literally sits, makes you light up like a beacon ready for that electromagnetic pulsed radiation. Mm. You're just going to be sitting there with an antenna waiting to be hit by that. I mean, I use the word blitzkrieg like the Germans use. I feel this vaccine is a blitzkrieg of technology and new science on the human population because they're like, well, what if they find out one or two of these? That's fine. We can get the other two or three technologies to be pushed through. You know, it's, they're pushing so many new technologies out at once in this new, this one vaccine. It actually was kind of brilliant because there's so many, I almost missed some of it. It wasn't until I used this keyword, this search word, and then I realized how it came all together. I was like, I can't believe they're doing all of this all at once. To me, that's a blitzkrieg. It is like a military. Yeah. It, it feels and like- the fact that down the line, it, it literally gets rid of all your own genes if you get down the line. Well, until you just replaced with, with it's actually an on-demand drug system. Do you, so I haven't even talked about this. I was trying to, you know, get my videos, <laughs> just so much information at a time. Yeah. Until people's heads explode. But so the hydrogel actually is an on-demand drug system. So what, once it's in you, it actually can be, they said from a light source. So let's say your iPhone maybe emits. Uh. 
Will, will you will you talk about the hydrogel a little bit? Give some backstory for people. Sorry about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the hydrogel is being proposed for the microneedle platform for the vaccines. Some of them are using electroporation, which is a little electrical pulse. Others are using the microneedle platform. You're going to see one of the two. These are met- Methods to get the transfection to work in your body. Transfection is a way to genetically modify the the person, the animal, the plant. Um, That's how they can get the RNA or the DNA inside your cell in its nucleus to actually do, read the code and to start making part of the virus so that you can actually fight off, um, that's what they say, you can fight off the virus. So it's a way to do the gene modification. So you use use the microneedle platform or the electroporation. So microneedle platform. They have little tiny, uh, little spicules called microneedles and they're made of hydrogel. And they're, um, they're designed after the snake fang, the viper fang. So if you look it up, that's why they designed it to look like the snake bite. So they said it was a very effective way to um, uh, puncture the cell membrane so that they would enter the, the RNA or the DNA could go into the cell, okay? So that's that's what the hydrogels and the microneedles, but the hydrogel has more than that purpose. It actually has a nanotechnology inside of it. So the nanotechnology actually has a way to do many things in the body. So one of them is to have an interface with artificial intelligence. The person would then have a way to connect with an artificial intelligence, which would be your smartphone, the cloud, and the other source. And this was what they were trying to say using the COVID-19 tracking app, you know, and doing that pre-cog kind of thing. Well, we can tell three weeks in the future before you're sick. So this is how we can do it from the, the app, right? Well, they can connect you that way. You become your own kind of computer, right? So the artificial intelligence is being used that way. It's also accumulating data in your body. So there's a DARPA technology, a DARPA technology hydrogel. And if you look for the company named Profusa, you'll find some things on YouTube. They have a two minute clip and they explain to you and you'll see the DARPA military doctor talking about it. And they show someone's blood sugar, blood pressure, medication level being measured on their iPhone. And they have a little... uh, bandage on the person. That's how they're showing it there. But really what they can do is the hydrogels under your skin, you can't see or feel it. You don't need a bandage there. You just have your smartphone. Okay. Hmm. So it's accumulating 24, seven, 365 for who knows how long, maybe it's indefinite. All of your data from your body. Okay. It's going to somewhere. Where is it going? Who's controlling it? Right. And I learned about that because uh, if you look at the health app on your phone, I have an iPhone. If you click on it and you start looking at all the subcategories, you'll see all the things that they can measure on you. The Google, or I'm sorry, the Android has their their apps on there too. You can't erase them. You can, um, you know, deactivate them, but you can't erase them. And you'll see everything on there. Even two different categories look at your sexual activity. I'm pretty sure if you know you had sex or not, right? <laughs> so obviously somebody else wants to know if you're having sex. Yeah. This is- uh, if you look at these things, it's unbelievable. Wheelchair minutes, even people in wheelchair are being monitored. If you're falling, all your nutrients, uh, it looks like the handmaid's tale, looking at everything about your menstrual cycle, your periods, your, your cervical mucus, if you're ovulating, how in the world is this app downloading everything? And where is it going? You know, it's not being, I mean, this, this is, this is the technology that is already in the phones, already in everyone's smartphone. Right. All they need is the hookup, 
And the hookup is the hydrogel. If they can get it into us one way or the other, then automatically we're hooked up. It's been so wild because it's like, you know, quote unquote, conspiracy theorists have kind of been talking about this for, for such a long time that this is sort of like the end game. But I'm not sure how many people really predicted that it was going to come down exactly like this and that it was going to happen right now. But it seems like you're looking at this end game that's going on where where suddenly, you know, this tech this technocratic rollout is happening where the big data is the most important thing and they're able now to use they were able to to throw out this coronavirus pandemic, push the vaccine and now you've got big data coming in to the artificial intelligence central computer somewhere that's got all the information on everybody and I mean I know Dr. Carey on some of your videos you've been talking about how then they can control you like because of the hydrogel is connecting you to the AI, it can you can actually be controlled like a robot from from these from these technologies. Your mood can be controlled. Um, you know, we also know that's a possibility of memories that maybe aren't your memories being into your body. Right. How, that is insane. And I let me tell you a little story of how this really pushed home for me. And around this same year, 2014, I was invited to go to a business meeting of Metro Atlanta area. And I only went to this one meeting because I did not fit the same mindset of the people there. So at this business meeting, there were tech giants. There were some uh, people that you would probably know on TV. And um, so there are some bigger people there. Anyway, their point of the meeting was saying, we need to get more companies to move to Georgia. But we're having a hard time because we have not the best education system. True. Uh, they also said, well, there's a lot of... Uh, uh, not accepting of different cultures because this has been traditionally just a certain kind of person around the area and also a lot of racism. Uh, those were true. So how do we change it? They came up with a solution. They said that, well, you can change or modify a whole group of people's behavior quickly. And they explained how they could do it. So they said, so this is how they tried to introduce it. Uh, one of the doctors who is very prominent on television said, oh, well, you know, health is body, mind, and spirit. And so the mind is powerful. So let's start with the mind. If we make people healthier, like maybe if we make them more truthful, then that's health. You started with the truth, right? So he gave this example. Let me give you an example. It will tell you everything about the meeting. He said, so we found an app, a health app, okay, that would be downloaded on everyone's smartphone. And what would, this is what would happen. Okay, so there's two women, Brenda and Susie. I'll give you the example they gave me. Brenda's walking down the street in Atlanta. She gets a call from Susie. Susie says, Brenda, where are you? You're supposed to meet me at the restaurant at five o'clock. And the lady says, oh, I'm sorry. I was, I'm running late, late at the gym. The phone will beep and light up immediately and tell her she's lying and know uh -huh. she's lying because it has a GPS on her. It has, um, it has electrodermal analysis for the polygraph test they said would be on par with the police department. Also yeah. the voice inflection part is perfect. It can actually tell that she's lying from that. The blood alcohol content would already be monitored by the phone and tell the whatever system that her blood alcohol content was high, that she was at the bar, we don't know her respiratory rate, all these things they were telling me. And I was like, oh my gosh, everybody's clapping at the meeting. Yeah. Thinking this is so my point is I already knew from before the intention of these apps. These apps were actually 
to modify a group of people's behavior. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's wow. crazy. It's so it's social engineering I, and social I control. Heard it from yeah. I'm giving enough information, but uh, I'm not going to mention. I, it. I think um, I think we we can take that back though, because uh, the again, when you take that back to the um, the technology with the electromagnetic radiation, um, they that's been used since the Cold War, and it's been used to put thoughts into your mind. It's been used to change your mood. It changes women's women have got. I can't remember, I think it's like 12 more circadian rhythms, it can change that. And we're seeing children with, um, children are actually having suicidal thoughts now. And um, it's, it's, been, it's been shown that it will, it will you know, with it, I think it was Professor Moskulu said, within five generations, you'll have entire species extinct. Mm-hmm. And within three generations, only one in eight babies born healthy. And it, there, uh, there's even uh, patents on some of these frequencies. There's actual patents where they can put words into your head, you know, kill, kill them, kill them, kill them. And also um, one of the frequencies is really high. It's, very, it's almost identical to the British military weapon called the Growler, which uh, takes out all your physiological and neurological systems, but it's also used at a lower frequency for crowd control, makes you feel like your skin's on fire. But yeah. again, these... These frequencies, uh, they they can they can. There's a patent on one of them that yeah. actually can um, they it can measure whether you're in uh, alpha waves or theta. Alpha is really you're really receptive. Theta is like when you pray, when you're meditating. Children when they can do, uh, you know, when they do fantasy play. Theta, and uh, there's the patent where they can they can translate through a computer system, your brain waves into words. So they even know what you're going to do before you do it, like Minority Report, the movie. Mm-hmm. So all this technology is, is all there, like ARP, ARP technology. It's not, just the, it's not just the vaccine on its own. It's putting it with the particles in the body, the nanoparticles, but putting the grid around it as well. It's, it's all kind of one big, um, one big system that's all going to work. Um, in synchronicity to, to literally I, I, yeah perfect synchronicity and I think it was uh, Boris Johnson our big fat prime minister the only person to ever be sick in an intensive care but come out as fat as what he went in that's just my observation as a nurse the rest of us would be skinny but uh he actually did say uh, last year if you haven't seen it it's really interesting at the United Nations address he said that we were leading in the United Kingdom, we were leading in this technology. And this technology, we wouldn't be, every single thought, everything we did and said would be monitored. Our every single secret thought, everything we looked at on Google, everything we did, everything would be monitored. They would be able to see into every intricacy of our lives. Every and then he said, yeah, and then he said, uh, and there's this technology where we can put medicines onto the, something the size of a red blood cell and deliver it around the body. And I can remember thinking, yeah, well, it won't be medicine, that's for sure. Yeah. But uh, so, so, so I always talk about this in my videos. It's like a, it's called a tacit agreement in law. They, they tell you what they're going to do. They tell exactly. you they're what's coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it's almost like the yank chain. They're literally yanking your chain that we've already got. We're... You know, the minute we're born, we record the birth and we're already a corporation straight away. 
We're, right. we're recorded and a corporation, so we don't even own this body anymore. Right. You yeah. know, everything. Oh, yeah, you know this. Everything when your bank statements, even actually on your headstone when you die, is in capital letters because that's the death of your corporation, which means they already own you. So they're just taking it to the next step. Well, they're going to try to. I, I, from the word comes spellings, spells. And so as we speak, so shall it be. They're not going to get that. This is not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Because we have free will and they need our consent. Yeah. It is very important. The, the devil wants us to say yes. They have to, to get our souls. We have, we have to have willingly. So we have the power to stop this insanity and say no. If we just, it's so easy, but it's so hard at the same time, right? But to me, it's so easy if everyone just woke up, acknowledged what was going on and just said, no, it, stop it is, like that. It's, I mean, you said the, the words and I've been thinking this. I mean, what happened to free will? Why can't, why don't we live in a culture where free will is something that's more of a, of a goal you know, <laughs> or more of a, of a virtue? It, don't give it away. <laughs> I mean, yeah. people, it's almost like people have been taught. And, and like I was saying before, before we started, um, we've been doing a lot of shows about technocracy and about scientism. There's some kind of mythology out there where people are almost begging to participate in some kind of larger system where they don't have to make choices for themselves and just let the scientists tell us what to do and, and yeah. not, you know, not honoring their free will a, as a virtue and, and right. wanting to make this, you know, choices for, for themselves and, and making the learning from your mistakes and growing as human beings, you know? Um, I agree, it's, but a lot of people don't think that way. They want to be told to do something. Right. And I think all, we're all trying to do is wake up that sleeping mass, you know, and get oh. them to become human again, I think, and think for themselves. I, I think it's really interesting what, uh, Carrie said there about um, you, you know this is this hasn't happened overnight. This has been this has been a very slow drip feed. And, right. And and I I read um, Brave New World when I was in school, and then I've read it many times since. And and people think it was a science fiction novel, but of course Aldous Huxley was a member of the Committee of Three Hundred. He was ahead of his time. It was a blueprint for modern mm-hmm. society. And that's literally what's been played out: alphas, betas, deltas, gammas. We all know that, but. I think, I think what's happened is it's been a very slow conditioning, a, a conditioning as a drip feed over over many decades. Sure. And and at first, I I used to think I I, I became a Christian just uh, in the last really properly probably in the last couple of years certainly the last year and a half just because I was so dismayed by what I was seeing that. Uh, it, there had to be something else and it took me back to the alpha and the omega it was that and before that I wasn't brought up like that at all and you know I had a wild life I, I also was a flight attendant for almost a decade in between so I had a wild life but um so and I, I kept thinking as this was going on you know why aren't these people why can't they see what we see it, it is it is it ignorance mm-hmm. it, certainly it was willful ignorance with a lot of people with a lot of nurses when I presented them with facts they wouldn't read it and then I suddenly realized that um what what by trying to wake people up um to, by trying to get them to absorb all the facts that that I've learned really over the last almost nine years because it started with cancer because that is all part of the lie as well. Um, I was trying to get them to learn sort of in a two, two minute conversation what I'd had almost a decade to do. And we, we don't have a decade. And I, and I can remember thinking, well, well that's not going to work. 
And then, like you just said, they want to be led. And so that's the key. They don't need to know all of it. They just need to know a little bit, enough question. And then they need a leader. They've been led down the toilet. So they need someone to lead them back out. And I think that's the key. I think it's not a case of shaking everyone. You know, what are you doing? This is what it is. I think it's a case of, 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 of leading them more. Of, you know, you, we, we, we don't need vaccines. You know, even breast milk is anti-inflammatory. If a woman's got cracked nipples, what do you do? You bathe them with breast milk. The babies are born to not inflame. That's why you have the adjuvants and the vaccines, the aluminium. So, so I think it's a case of, of showing them, look, we, and there's the brilliant fact that the, the children, 700 children a week die in America, most of them under one every week. And all of a sudden, since lockdown, it halved within three months to 350. One could hypothesize and say, so if we leave it another three months, will it halve again? And, and so on and so forth. So I think it's a case of we, we instead we, we try and shake them. We have to lead them. And certainly for some bizarre reason, um, I kind of popped up when I have this huge social media following. I did a video in my car yesterday when I found out there was a blanket do not resuscitate on the elderly. So they, they have been literally killing the elderly in the UK, midazolam yeah. and morphine, and they've now, it's coming out. And I, I have said that I will personally hunt the nurses and doctors down and, and see them on trial. And, um, but I did a video in my car and, and wasn't even 12 hours later, it was 140,000 views. So I, I take that responsibility very seriously that people are following me and they're not just following my Facebook, they're calling for me to lead, which is why we're doing this rally in London and why I'm up there on the stage. And, and we're not just saying, you know, don't do it, get off your knees. We're actually saying, join this political party follow us follow what we do we're gonna we're gonna try these people we're gonna arrest them these are crimes against humanity you know all over the world um we all do have responsibilities for all different things but uh, you know as a nurse I, you know when, when you're on the rubbish register you you have to comply with your code of conduct but above all of that we have a duty as citizens to protect our fellow man from genocide yes and that's worldwide it doesn't matter what, what color, creed, whether we're rich, poor, fat, thin, uh, whatever country it is that, it's genocide. And so I think instead of this, this continually, fractions all over the world of people doing it, trying to wake people up, trying to give them a, a lesson in two minutes of what we have known for a long time, which we have. Yeah. And so it wasn't such a blow for us. We were like, I've been reading about this. I know this. So I think we we have to now have leaders that lead the lead the people like Moses did. I think I it's think that. It's not, now they it's have not just hope, right? The people need yeah, to give them hope. All these people, like you said, are getting more cancers, more illnesses, more autism. Well, there are reasons for that. There are causes to that. I mean, just simple facts have been hidden from the public, like at least 30 different infectious uh, agents have been linked to cancers. Whenever I saw a cancer patient, I looked for their primary infection and their primary toxin because you needed both. And you wouldn't believe if you find the source, you take that away, the cause. Wow. You'd see the cancer start to resorb. Why are we doing that? Because there's so much money behind it. They don't <laughs> want you to do that. 
There's a laser in, uh, in Toronto. They have an amazing laser based on frequency. They mapped out the frequency of every solid tumor like at least 30 that I knew of when I last talked to them. And then what they would do is put the laser to that frequency and then one go like one octave higher. And then it would, within eight minutes, destroy that solitary tumor without hurting your body. Just like a lady singing very high, she can break the glass, but not hurt you, right? Because you're sitting right next to her. So this technology is old technology. We knew about frequencies from what, Dr. Reif and all these other sources, right? right. We know we can do this but they won't allow that to the public because this device really isn't that expensive. And think about billions to try trillions of dollars that would be lost immediately. I mean, I could go on and on about the technologies that I know of, right? Yeah. Well, don't we, want you to know that. But yeah, it's we, interesting you say they, they. I know. And I think, no, but this they, let's talk about they, this sure. they, these they are yeah. the same people who, yeah it's and they're all in bed toe sucking with one another it's all the same people and and it's know your enemy Uh, and these they have been around for a long time yeah Uh, and it's like it is like having a cancer it doesn't matter how much you cut it out burn it out poison it out even with this laser it's Unless you take away the source, which is why you got cancer in the first place, you're toxic and you're deficient, it's just going to keep coming back. Yeah. Well, this they have been around since before the Second World War, surely before the First World War, the whole eugenics program. It's they and their families. And that's who, that's really who we need to be thinking about putting the laser. That's, that's what we need to tackle. Because if we don't, if we don't lead the people, and get rid of the they, then it's going to be my children, my children's children, who are going to be fighting the same thing, the same globalist takeover, using another technology in the it's future. Story history, yeah. Like, let's not repeat it this time for the first time. Let's not re- repeat ourselves, you know? But yeah, it's interconnected web around the world. It's not one country against another. We need to stop being divided. We need to start banding together mm-hmm. as human beings and fighting this for once once and for all. You know, getting the knowledge out is the first step. Uh, well, and, and, uh, and you nailed it on the head there too, this idea of being able to unify everyone. We constantly see even in the United States and around the world with the race riots now and there's these racial tensions that continue you know, left and right, we're seeing, well, even left and right, the left-right paradigm, constantly trying to divide everyone and, and turn it into an us versus them when it's, it should be all of us against they, you know, these people that you're talking about, these old money families that we can clearly see, like, where'd you get all your money, man? We're, we're working our butts off here just to pay our debt back to you guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. you start looking at who's making money during this pandemic. <laughs> questions are you know questions answers to your questions about who's really running the show here sure i mean i think it's by accident who's making all the money it is amazing i i've interviewed uh Catherine austin fitz a few times and she calls it the pump and dump and every time there's one of these big economic collapses you know once every 10 years or whatever oh the stock market's crashing and you see the 0.01 percent made another 100 billion dollars all of a sudden because they're the ones pumping the market and then they get out and it crashes and the average investor loses their life savings and, and the billionaires make more billions. And then they buy back in and they buy up all the properties 
you know, during these recessions. And this is a huge one. This is the biggest one yet, right? We're going, they, they just crashed the economy. They used the, the coronavirus lockdown as an excuse to crash, totally crash the economy. And they're going to be the ones buying up all the properties. And, and I mean, they've already, you know, these billionaires have doubled their money in the last six months. It's insane to watch. And it's all by clearly by design, <laughs> you know, they I know think, exactly. Uh, I think, yeah, I think, uh, and I'm no expert, and I don't profess to be, but just from doing coffee enemas and reading all my ex-husband's books, <laughs> um, I, th- I think that this one is, is really like no other that mm-hmm. we've really seen, even when you look through um, at, at other times. And we, I don't want to get in and offend anybody when you look at the Second World War and, uh, and we talk about which particular uh, people were killed. It was just the same as what's happening now. It was just the last globalist push. It's virtually identical. They're using all the same, you know, the key workers, essential workers, even talking about putting the yellow star on the children's jacket. Mm -hmm. It's no different. Um, Doing it for your safety. Yeah, and uh, and getting the people to police the people, uh, which is happening. Right. Because all of these, all of these, uh, they never, even when you look through, you know, Rwanda, East, the former, former um, all of these places, when they had wars, they never had enough army on the streets. It was a case of dividing, like you say, and getting the people to police the people. Sure. And we have in, we have this weekend as well in London, we have this uh, uh, million man march. And it's the Black Lives Matter, which I, I always say when I do my videos, you know, Black Lives Matter funded by George Soros and the biggest cause of the uh, death of the African black American is, is abortion. So more more blacks die without even getting out of the womb. And, um, and I always say that. And, and I always get someone coming back to me and I always go, my kids are mixed race. Don't come back at me with the racism card. But what you know they're even calling now in the uk this weekend the, the march they're having is about defunding the police mm-hmm. and uh this is again what they did in the last globalist push and when hitler defunded the police and we had the brown shirts which we all know the horrors of that so i think again um it's about we do need the police but we need them on side and again it's about leading them and telling them that it's going to be policy they get the vaccine because we can't have all the cops surviving this pandemic pandemic that some of them have got to die because at the moment in the UK none of them of course have died of it because it doesn't exist and uh, and through the freedom of information act so so that's again and and I, I can see all the similarities and all the same things happening again like what happened in the second world war you had uh, the elderly the disabled they were all murdered by the nurses and doctors. And that takes me to the fact that the last global push, it actually couldn't have happened, the camps and everyone that was murdered, without the use of the doctors and nurses. And what we've mm-hmm. seen now in the medical system is we've seen the Nazification, and that's using a term of Dr. Kevin Corbett, the Nazification of the healthcare industry where they no longer actually see you uh, as the patient, as someone that they want to get well. They see you as something to put drugs in and to do procedures on you. So it's no longer a vocation. You're seen as almost like meat. And a mindset has been put in place 
ready again for this next kill. And we see that with now the nurses and doctors, they're complicit. Most of them are hiding it. They're going along with the narrative. They've been given incentives to keep quiet. They've been threatened to be to keep quiet. They're working when many others are losing their jobs and using food banks. So you can see all the similarities. And I always say to people, if you really want to, it's, it's an abusive relationship we're in with our governments. Exactly. If you want to see where you be, if you want to see where you're going to be in the next few years, take a look back through history. And um, so I, I think it's always important to know your enemy and know, know your enemy's weapons and know the agenda. And, and the ultimate agenda is what it's always been. It's depopulation. And there, we're told that there's too many people on the planet. But if you look at Australia and New Zealand, and I think they're very pertinent points to bring up. If you look at Australia and New Zealand, they don't have a huge population. They have a huge amount of land, but they don't have big populations. And yet uh, they are almost, I, I was told by somebody who has authority in it, that they are test countries to bring down first. Mm-hmm. And so, so what you, what, yeah, so what you see happening there is, uh, is a complete stripping of civil liberties. And then you see those, I call it Jacinta the Hun, the Prime Minister of, um, New, of New Zealand, and you see all these photographs of her again with Bill Gates, with Hillary Clinton, and, and all the same faces. But they're, um, they're stripping, stripping their civil liberties. I mean, at the moment, you know, I was talking to an Australian guy today and my sister, but in, in Melbourne. And the people in Melbourne, have they can't go more than five kilometres from their house. Only one of them, one hour a day, that's all they can go out and only one member of the family. But what was interesting for myself was when I spoke to my my sister, my beloved sister, I hope she doesn't watch this when I say this, was that she said, well, it's not happening here. Um, you know, they, they can keep their virus there. And I said, what virus? There isn't a virus. She went, oh, yeah. And, but do you see already, even in that country, there's this social conditioning of us and them. It's not here. It's not on my doorstep. So I don't care. The same as two million non-combatant men, women and children that were murdered in Iraq and Afghanistan in an illegal war. But nobody cared in America. Certainly they weren't too bothered and they definitely weren't too bothered in the UK because they weren't seeing babies ripped to bits by missiles on the sidewalk. So it's not my aisle. We used to say that, you know, when I worked for BA, you know, if there was a cup over there, it's not my aisle. I don't have to clear it. But it's kind of evening. It's not just that it's another country, like when I read that people are starving in India on a daily wage. People don't care because it's not happening to them. And they don't care that it's not even happening in the next city along because it's not happening to them. And and generally, I'm sure you, you, you'll agree with this, Carrie, that uh, when people have cancer, they very rarely will do anything for themselves, like change their diet, radically change everything they do until their back is against the wall. Because if we really did believe that we could have responsibility for our health we wouldn't eat garbage in the first place we mm. would only be eating as nature intended and we wouldn't get you know we would keep ourselves healthy. you wouldn't see obesity but we generally we generally don't do anything until our backs against the wall so i i wonder at what stage at what stage will the people actually realize that they're being led onto the invisible cattle trucks 
Yeah, until they finally become unified with each other. That is the key. Mm-hmm. Instead of being divided and caring about each other around the world, we kept to care what's happening in Australia and, and India and Africa because those are our brothers and sisters and humanity. We have to care. And we do have the power of unifying ourselves. And this is more than just about a physical battle. This is a spiritual battle. Um, when you start looking at the technology, it's in our face. They're using the word luciferase enzyme. You know, these bills, these patents are 666. I mean, what in the world? That's not coincidence. I couldn't believe no. that when that started coming together. Yeah. They don't make any apology for it. I don't I hear anyone trying to. quite a long time. Why I found that on acigen.com. It's just another biotech company. The enzyme luciferase was on that. Right. It was on that for a while. And uh, that was way before this. And uh, yeah, but, that, but then, you know, when you go back to, when we talk about the vaccine, they're just going to get everyone to comply. Uh, um, and I don't want to, again, offend anybody of any religion. So I say this to, you know, I know Quran and the Jehovah's Witness and, and the Bible, they all have the same the plague, the fires, the floods, they're all at the same places in the same scriptures of these books. So I'm speaking generally, but, um, you know, I, I, I wonder, like, they've all got a different name for the devil. Well, the devil comes to lie and steal. He does lie. He does steal. And all these, all these Hollywood uh, pedophiles, and we know they're there. Let's just name it. We know it's happening. It's horrific. And it is all linked and they do blood rituals. And also the ritual of just what they do with the cow to take the bovine serum from the cow's heart and exsanguinate it. Um, you know, taking it from the mother when the mother's alive, it's all a blood ritual. But if we look at all of that, um, they've all already sold their souls because to follow the devil, they have to believe in God. And so they're, they're already dead. They think they're going to make it they think they're the ones. And, um, you know, we had this uh, Olympic, I don't know whether you've seen it, the 2012 opening Olympic ceremony from London. If you haven't seen it, I would advise everyone to go and watch it. It is predicted programming. It's like a double slap of your face. You just couldn't. I mean, I remember at the time people were like, what was that? (laughs) Um, And then you had Madonna at the 2019 Eurovision Song Contest with her, uh, you know, her Freemasonry gear on mm-hmm. and she's coming down the stage and the kids are in gas masks, mm-hmm. children in gas masks, and she's singing, not all of us are going to make it. Well, you're not going to make it, love, because you've <laughs> sold your soul. Yeah. So, um, you know, the rest of us, we haven't. We haven't. And I am of the creator, so... If they, they can't force you to take it because that would be taking your soul by force so they haven't got it. So we're protected. So they don't want to do that. They want you to acquiesce. That means you're accepting of the devil. Uh, and look, I'm science-based and I read studies and I look at the p-values. I look at who funded the study. I do all that. So don't be thinking I'm a nutter. <laughs> you know, I've mm-hmm. just, I've read, uh, you know, don't, don't be offensive because I've read the same as you and some. You know, I have read the science and I have read the, the, you know, the science fiction and I have read the revelation. And, um, 
and uh, you know so it is in there and we don't need to give up and and the one thing I always say when people get really freaked out is they go what if you know what if we can't shop without the vaccine and I said the one thing I love about humans is if there's really smart guys on the left that are making these things, there's going to be really smart guys on the right that are making fraudulent ways for us to get around it. Yeah. There'll be somebody that makes something that you pay, they'll put it. And I said, and you know, there'll be, there'll be little, there'll be teenagers that go, I'll go do your shopping missus and it's going to cost you 20 pounds. Um, I've got, I've got, (laughs) I've had the vax. You'll always get racketeers. You'll always get a resistance. And we should always have faith in our fellow brothers and sisters because there's not a few of us that are standing up. This is why they're having to do this latest study where they're looking at why no one's having vaccines and how can they coerce us and get us to have it because they've come too early. Yeah, they have to have our consent. We have free will. That's the key. Right. Yeah, and they've gone too early. They're running. They're they're they've come too early because I I don't I really don't think that they expected that so many people now would be all over the world following those that are kind of chosen as the as the you know the the ones that will spread the word and are and are quite happy uh, to stand up. It's really interesting. You know, people say they'll say to me, "Are you frightened of getting killed?" I go, not really, because I've raised my kids. I believe in God. I, he's the only person I answer to, Yahshua. If if I were to die because of what I'm doing, then that's so be it. That's my destiny, and I'm cool with that. So it's really empowering when you feel like that because you just go with it, roll with it, and uh, and I, I don't have any fear. I when you when you know the truth, it, it does set you free. It really does. And this knowledge, this is what we're telling you. What's in the vaccines? it should really empower you. You don't need to be scared. You really don't. This is a, a, a small amount of people with money, but that's it. And you come in with notes, you go out with notes. That's what we used to, you know, my grandmother used to say, there's no pockets and shrouds. And uh, <laughs> so all these rich people that have already sold their soul to the devil, they're going down and we're not. They're in the very minority. You know, we, we are in the majority. And again, we have to give our consent. So I see more and more just in the last two months. Wow, has there been such a change? I'd say from the people that um, have contacted me from around the world and uh-huh. opening their eyes and sharing and people that normally would be like, this is crazy. You're crazy. No, now they're saying I'm researching. Like I've, we've all been asking, please do your own research, critical thinkers. Yeah. I've been really pleased to see that that's happening. And more people are now in the action stage. They want to do something. They want to uh, do something more than just learn about what's going on. We're definitely seeing. So Carrie, can I can I just ask? Can I just ask Doug? Carrie, mm-hmm. can can you do as a real fear factor? Can you do a, a double slap around the face fear factor? Because you know you know when there's always the gem in the middle that's really the sphincter the sphincter the sphincter twitcher as we call it when you really like. <gasps> so um, you know not everybody, and this is no slight because I've seen people with so many letters after their names and they're so stupid. Uh, and I've seen, uh, you know, my plumber, who's wonderful, who's got more discernment and critical thinking than than some of the professors I've seen. So when you start to, I, and I think that, and it's really good, people will watch your videos because you're really articulate and, and you say it, but I think it would be really good to hear just one more time about what is actually, you know, I, I, I know what it is, you know, I know what an mRNA vaccine is, but tell them 
what you know people have said to me what will happen if I have a baby and I say who knows what's going to come out the other end because they're literally taking away your 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 code that's going to make everything supposed to be where it is so what, what do you say about that well the RNA or the DNA can make you into a genetically modified organism. And I tell people, you know, the tomatoes and the corn, how they become sterile. We, you have to keep buying the seeds. They don't produce their own seeds. Okay. Those are sterile fruits and vegetables. Also, they're not as healthy. They don't have as many nutrients in them. It, you know, we all know that that could be extrapolated to a human because we know what happens with animals. They're not as healthy. They don't live as long. Right. So again, you're using the same technology, you can say that. We also know there's increased risk of cancers, increased risk of mutant genes, and increased risk of autoimmune reactions. We already know that from the animal and the plant studies that we've done. So we know that we can expect all three of those to happen, including an autoimmune reaction where just when you see the coronavirus in the future that you're trying to be protected from, you could actually have an exaggerated immune response and actually have a higher risk of dying. Higher risk of dying, not a lower risk. They know that. That's well, purposely why they have the animal studies and a lot of these vaccines. They yeah. don't acknowledge to come out, but that's is, in previous studies that's happened. Let's this reinforce is, this, Dr. Carey, because uh, this is really what goes on. When you've had, yeah, right. When you've had other other uh, attempts at making coronavirus vaccines, and even these flu vaccines, a lot of times you might even be protected against. Like we might be protected against COVID nineteen, but we'll catch a cold next year and it'll kill us because oh. our our bodies will have this inflammatory response right. as a result. The H one N one flu that was around. Uh, there's a Canadian study. They did hundreds of thousands of patients. They did a retrospective study. They saw that the people who got the regular flu vaccine actually were the ones that had higher death rates, the higher heads of care unit. These are the people that got sicker and they were desperately trying to tie this research. And I read the research article, very well done. Excellent, excellent yeah. report. And of course they tried to discredit it no way, this is a good report. And I can tell you the patients that I saw at the time, if they got the regular flu vaccine, wow, did they get very ill, you know, hmm. intensive carrying it. All these stories come out. And I guarantee you that this season with coronavirus, the people that were really sick were likely the ones who got the regular flu vaccine. Hmm. There's some preliminary- All 80, Italian, all 80 Italian cases. Yes. They all had the flu vaccine and yeah. they, they autopsied them and they all died of a clotting disorder, disseminated intravascular coagulation. That's what they died of from that, possibly the that flu vaccine. vaccine. And it was the same with the SARS COVID vaccine. They all, uh, sorry, SARS, the SARS mm -hmm. vaccine, they all got sick. Yeah. Absolutely, yes. So, there's, <laughs> so that vaccine's rubbish because even if you get, if it's to protect you against, if you believe in COVID-19, it's not. It's going to make you more sick. So it's it's going to kill you either way. <laughs> that's well, the purpose of the vaccine because you look at the delivery system and everything they want to put in it. That's really the reason. It's it's looking at wow. Well, we can potentially patent a human genome or a patent part of it. That's ownership of an individual or part of you. Yeah. Then you've got the ID, the identification to prove you have the vaccine. You're putting a barcode, a branding, a name, just like World War II. You'll be marked. And what is that marked for? They've already said they want to get rid of the cash, the credit card. This is what you'll use. You scan yourself. Right. Well, who gives you the credits and who takes them away? 
these are like all the worst sci-fi movies put in together, right? Wasn't <laughs> I think a movie's That's called the In Time, In Time with Justin Timberlake. Yeah. There you go, Just In Time. Yes. Unbelievable. Yeah. If it's you know done remotely, who is controlling that? Your owner? Yeah. The <laughs> Foundation, the department. And then if you're a dissident, you speak bank. out, they'll just wipe your bank account. Exactly. Well, that's left yeah yeah you know kate you mentioned uh, a brave new world and that is to me that's where this is headed i mean unless there's some kind of major revolution and people really do stand up and just stop it in its tracks in the next you know six months or a year or so if they roll out the vaccine i don't think we have a year well i don't think we have i don't think we have that because right as soon as that yeah, as soon as that um, post-electromagnetic -elect radiation is up, which is a direct energy weapon system, I didn't believe it at first. Sure. But after I'd read and read and read and frightened myself to death and watched yeah. lectures, uh, once that's up and running, yeah, you you know, you can't even get together. They can even hear you through your walls because that, when it's in all the street lamps, all the street lamps have been mm -hmm. set up to take that. It's in all the schools. It's literally, uh, to use Dr. Catherine Horton's words, it's like everywhere you turn in your house and outside, it's like having a gun at your head everywhere. Yeah. And uh, once that's up and running, they can hear everything you say and do. How do you get organized? I, I think it was, the, I read the Ice Bucket Challenge. Uh, for for Lou, to raise money for Lou Gehrig's, everyone thought this was a great idea. It was actually started by the CIA to see how fast we could get organised around social media. Hmm. So I don't think uh, you know. <laughs> please don't sit on your toilet rolls watching your Netflix for another six months, folks. It's <laughs> time to rise up. Is a time uh, is and really, the yeah, really. Now, now is the time because. Uh, I, I think I said, didn't I, they're just in London. We had a tip-off that the police have had all their leave cancelled from October. Uh, after telling all the kids they couldn't go to school, they'd all get sick unless you're an essential worker and all their kids went to school and no, no one got sick. I mean, how can people not see this? Well, they can. <laughs> but, uh, and, and now the kids, I've just been told, it's not spreading classrooms. And now Boris Johnson's deciding whether everyone needs to wear a mask in classrooms. But there's a big push to get the kids back into school because we have everything in place now. It's in the Infectious Disease Act. They're advertising for social workers for children. It's, they've already said they can take the children. Boris Johnson's already said uh, we, we have an army fast response test team to go into schools and offices. He didn't say factories. He didn't say hairdressers. He said schools. So, and now they're talking about, you know, flu's going to be around. So all the kids are going to go back to school. All of this, all of these towers all been laid, you know, essential work only, yet they were still laying all the 5G when everyone was on this unlawful lockdown. Well, that was what so I was going to say. Yeah, the first thing they did here in the United States, as soon as the lockdown happened and we lost our freedom of assembly, right? We couldn't get together and, and, and organize against the 5G. We couldn't hit the streets because we were under lockdown. And the next thing they did was they you know, passed the law that, that pushed the 5G all across the country and called in, installation of 5G uh, an essential service. So, And they can do it we were, right next to your door. Right. I've seen people... With cell towers, and and also um, we we've done filming in London where we've measured the electromagnetic radiation. We've measured it. We did it on lockdown, actually, on camera. And even the nursing board said you were out on lockdown. I said, what's it got to do with you? <laughs> <laughs> it's just ridiculous. But we measured, 
and it's already really high. Uh, I can't remember what the um, unit is. It's not my arena. It's Mark Steele's arena. You should have him on. He's great. <laughs> He's the one to have on about that. Um, but it was. Uh, it should be two hundred, and even that is is accumulative, and it becomes iatrogenic, disease causing. It was five thousand. It's something I should the um, study done by uh, Italy, Russia, and my alma mater, Central Michigan, mm-hmm. uh, they did a study showing with the 5G how it could induce our skin cells to create the same effect as the coronavirus. It could actually create the virus, okay? Did you read that study? It's mm-hmm. pretty fascinating. I saw, I saw it, and, yeah. and it has corona charge in it. No one yeah. covers this. 5G has a corona charge in it. Yes. And it opens your calcium uh, channel into cells. It's so clever. And when you put it next to the vaccine, it's a death shot. And, and now they're pushing to get all the kids back into schools. And I, I could literally, uh, I, I, I would love to be wrong, but it's so, I've never been wrong so far, right from when I was on the radio in March. But uh, it looks to me, this is my opinion, they're going to get the kids back. They're going to turn up the dial. The kids are all going to get sick. They've already said, oh, it, um, you know, the, it's causing, it can cause instant deafness. No, that's a frequency and it's got a patent on it that causes instant deafness. The Kawasaki disease, the hyperinflammation, mm-hmm. that all of those symptoms are exactly the same as radiation poisoning. And children's skin is much thinner. They're much more moist. That's why they're plump and juicy and yummy and, and we're, you know, saggy and wrinkly because <laughs> they have a lot more, you know, it is a fact they're more moist. And then when you bring in, I was speaking to a radiation expert, glyphosate, which is in all the, the water table, it unfolds the hemoglobin, which makes you more susceptible. And of course, people talk about 5G and it gasses you. That's exactly what it does. It doesn't go through air. It absorbs it. So you're going to get all these kids either hitting direct beam or they're going to be bathed in it and they're going to exhibit all these signs of this, uh, you know, pandemic. And then they're going to bring in the army response teams and they're going to take the kids to People need to know. Uh, I keep quarantine. telling over and over that the World Health Organization has stated over and over they have the right to take your child from you. Okay. We have it in the COVID Act. It's all there in the public health information. Yeah. And they don't have the proof, even if it's presumptive, they have the right to go in your home and take your child. And that's what they've just done in New Zealand. I believe now they are uh, testing you, removing you. If you won't have a test, then you are locked up for four weeks and that you're only allowed out every two days for 30 minutes. And I know of two women in the UK who contacted me who, when they were pregnant, they tested positive. When the baby was born, they said it was negative, and they, they didn't see their children, one of them, for five days. Huh. And, yeah. and it's so vital, when you, you know this, when the baby's first born for that bonding, for breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is by design as well, to take your children for the first week has a huge detrimental effect. And then I, I just want to point the last bit out because this is another real, you know, sphincter clincher. Is we built all these uh, nightingale wards. These they're like huge hangars with with beds in, but there's actually no facilities to cook. They're hospital beds and what looks like uh, boils machines, ventilators. And it was odd for me because when I nursed, we moved away from that, and it was individual rooms to to for infection control. 
So you either barrier nurse them to keep the infection in the room, or if they had no immunity, you would do reverse barrier nursing to stop them from getting uh, you know, infection from outside. So it would make sense that everyone would be in individual rooms so that you could contain this infection. And then suddenly they're having these big hangers. And I, I think I'm a little bit older than you two, but I remember the movie Coma. And it had these great big areas with all these people in comas. And so, of course, one of the things that came in in the UK while all this has been going on was on May 22nd, everybody became an organ donor unless you opted out. And they don't want me. I'm crusty and old and with, the, you know, I've had cancer. And the, the best organ donors are, are the newborns up to young adults. Sure. And, and so I started researching that. And I remember um, going to collect a lady from intensive care and bringing her down to theatre for organ harvest. And a lot of the different teams were there. And we were told, you know, they're brain dead and they're doing something really altruistic and they live on, they're helping other people. And there's no, and then I discovered there's no such thing as brain dead. It's a complete lie. And it was another thing from the eugenics program. Mm -hmm. And they, um, they, even the, you know, they're kind of the doctors know when someone comes in and they're young and they don't go, it's not done to save them. It's done to organ harvest. And so, um, I came across this amazing neonatal, um, consultant and he had stopped all of this and he had people that were for organ donor organ harvest sorry that were now grown-up adults that have gone to college had children and yet they were about to have all their organs removed and uh so yeah so this is it, it it's kind of it it is kind of, i know that it it sounds it sounds so fantastic but there's no such thing as brain dead, folks. If your heart's beating, your brain's not dead because that's in your brain stem. It's all a lie. But, and this is all linked. It really is. It's all linked to the eugenics of making us no longer human, no longer of the creator, so that it, we, we can't be genocided. It's not classed as genocide anymore. We can be switched off. We can be killed. We can be hit in our homes with this direct energy weapon, and we'll just stop breathing and die, and they'll call it a virus. It is all, it is all in this huge, big quagmire of this global takeover depopulation. I, I, that's what it is, the, the whole thing is it's just a big depopulation exercise. And, and all of us sitting here on the screen, they don't want us, we're too old. Hmm. <laughs> we're, we're not, you know, in the UK, they're not talking about uh, anyone over heard And the rest of us will be controlled. That's pretty much. Yeah, yeah, and this is in Brave New World, you know, in Brave New World, you talked about this. They were all young and beautiful and it was all encouraged to be promiscuous, not have families, not have relationships because you're then very easy to control because then you become just singular. Mm -hmm. You're not thinking about your fellow man. And, and that's what makes us civilized, taking care of our elderly, our vulnerable, our young. So they're taking all that away. And, uh, and so they're talking now about anyone over 50 has to go on lockdown uh, because of the second wave. I, I missed the first wave. I've missed that one. I don't know where that went. Um, but, you know, they're talking about anyone over 50. Well, I'm 55 this year, and I see people that are, you know, they're like armadillo crocodillos, and they're only in their 30s. I'm in better shape than all of them, yet I'm supposed to stay home. Anyone who's obese has to uh, stay home because of the second wave. Well, that's half the NHS and half the cops going to be staying at home because they're pretty round. And uh, 
So, so do you see what they're doing? They're, they're making it so that we're no longer even viewed as human, as, as a society. You know, they're, they're too old, we don't want them. They're too fat, we don't want them. Breaking up the family unit, breaking up communities, you know, that what makes us stronger, breaking up everybody. Like in Spain, I think anyone who's asymptomatic and positive for the COVID-19, they're supposed to go to the quarantine. They're going to a containment camp, sorry. And these look awful. I don't know if you've seen pictures of them. These are people that have zero symptoms. They're putting them in containment camps for how long they didn't. I died without my juicer and coffee enema. That's me gone straight away. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, but it's true. I would be freaked out because I would. I, and, you know, um, when, when I, I saw all the pictures of the hollowed out Walmarts, what's that all about? And I keep seeing pictures of guillotines in America. Uh, they were using the French Revolution, nice and clean. Uh, you know, you don't need any right. electricity. You just sharpen the blade, process them, and whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Off. But, but they are there. And I think, why? And at what point, at, at what point? Isn't it amazing that they've been, they've been able to make asymptomatic carriers into this horrible, like, oh, you don't know, you might be an asymptomatic carrier. Like if we did this every year with the flu virus, well, oh, you've been tested. You're an asymptomatic carrier of, of the flu virus. You've got to go into the quarantine. You know, it's like, yeah, it's, that's just ridiculous. It's and crazy. Isn't it, it crazy? It's like my friend made a meme and she said, uh, I've not got any chicken pox or spots, but I really need to get tested. Yeah. She said, I would have said that. It, it's it, and it's the same as somebody wrote. Um, if I stand next to someone who's drunk, I'm not going to get drunk. I need to go drink the alcohol to get drunk, and, and it's like that. But it's I, I it's kind of, it is a it, it is the Red Army's tactic. They were really good at torture. It's great. I would say to anyone, go read Amnesty International's site. It's really hmm. interesting, and also everybody should go and read. The what actually is genocide? What is what is meant by genocide? Because when you read what is meant by genocide, you will see it in black and white that it's already being perpetrated on the people now. We're having because uh, they're splitting up families. They're they're, they're taking children away. This is all genocide, mm-hmm. and I think you have to see. It, and I think we have to name it for what it is. It's Nazification. It's genocide. We have to use these words because they're using them on us essential workers, key workers. So let's use it back at them. Let's name it for what it is. It's genocide. It's Nazification. That's what you're doing. You will stand trial. Um, You can't say, I was just doing my job. Remember what happened to everybody after the last global push? The people never forgot the cops that were really bad and the people that grasped on them, they hung them. And I don't think that's going to be any different. People will not forget. I saw... um, footage out of Australia of a police officer. She was only, I don't know what the woman was doing, but regardless of what she was doing, she was unarmed. She was little and he had her by the throat against the wall, this mm-hmm. cop. And, you know, he, would he have done that to a man? I doubt it. And, but the thing is, because we have social media now, he's just made himself really, really famous. And he was quite, you know, he, I don't forget what he looks like and that's out there. This is crazy. If you're doing things like that, people don't forget. And there's one thing that makes people even angrier, and it's lack of food. Uh, and we just had Boris Johnson state publicly that um, if the, the second wave comes, we're going to have a shortage of food and water. 
depending yeah. on where we are. So they're telling us that's coming, that they're going to start restricting food and water. And uh, restricting food always makes people really turn into something else. It really does. And um, But, yeah, I, <laughs> I kind of think, uh, but we, this is the point where we need to go, right, we're not doing it, actually. Next lockdown, no, we're not having any of that. We're not locking down. We're all opening up. What are they going to do then? Yeah. I mean, honestly, it sounds, it's overwhelming and it's depressing, but then really it's not because we all collectively have the power to say no. And if we band together, we stick together and we tell them no to a lot of these insane policies and procedures and protocols you're putting everyone through around the world, it would stop. Mm-hmm. It's really that easy, but it's so difficult at the same time, huh? There's so many more of us and it, it really is just a, just a, um, a matter of getting people to, to do exactly what you're saying is to just start saying no. And I, I mean, I am feeling like, I don't know, I feel like something has changed in the first couple of months. There were a lot more people who, who just wanted to do what, what they were told because they were getting told. And now I think people are starting to be like, paid. I mean, they're getting paid to well, stay home. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> it's it's gone on long enough, and I, the virus or whatever is going on is not deadly enough. Frankly, not enough. I don't know anyone who's really gotten sick. Even I mean, in in my county here, that we get the notifications. Oh, case numbers are going up. We've got a few people in the hospital, but I don't know any of them personally. I don't. I think people are are starting to get pretty wary of what they're getting told by the mainstream narrative. And then also these poll numbers that are coming in about the vaccine, like we were talking about earlier, it almost seems like they pulled this a little too early maybe for their yeah. own good because 50% of people are saying, I don't want to take that friggin' vaccine. And that's... I, I think it's higher than that. I think it's. Uh, I think it was nearly 70. I mm-hmm. think I read it was... It was a lot more than that. Well, that's and, great. And, you know, then they lie. We had the guy on, in Australia, and he said on the news, he said, most Australians are wanting this vaccine. There are the anti-vaxxers, and we're going to have to use this, this stick. And right. he said, vax, no pay. And I thought, yeah, that's going to work. And he's just said that on, on TV for everyone to see him. And I thought... Start restricting the food, and that stick's not going to be the stick he was talking about. <laughs> and uh, For you know, sure. and, and then I believe he went back and retracted it. I I, I missed that bit. I, I don't watch TV. I have to pick it. I, I don't actually have any TV. I don't have cable TV. I don't even have a plug that goes into the aerial anymore because um, it is the idiot's lantern. Right. And uh, <laughs> but that's just what I'm saying. You know, you know, in the movie Wag the Dog, right? You. That, that movie Wag the Dog, most people haven't watched that where they had a whole war on the TV and people believed it. Sure. This is the devil's tool as well. They are pushing out so much garbage in the newspapers. And I, I think they were saying India, India's had a big rise in cases. That's because they had a massive push doing tests. With, and also we, we have to tell people the PCR test it's not a diagnostic test. It right. never was for anything, anything. Uh, and, and also the other test, they picked the test that they used to diagnose lung cancer. And again, they didn't even isolate or visualize a virus. And then in the study of the actual test, it had an 80% false positive. So, and this, I, I actually, a paramedic stole one for me, the big swab with the brown medium, and that's gone off to be tested which was really nice of her. 
um, my little natural nurse army people stealing bits for me. But what's with the uh, if it's if it can be just sneezed out, liars? Why do you need a massive big swab that goes right up to the almost to your meninges? And, and you know, to any nurse who's watching this, you're crazy doing that. That's so dangerous. You literally push too hard. And that patient could end up with an infection later. It's crazy. Crazy. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Those test kits, the ones you're talking about, the CDC, I think their first two batches, they rolled out who knows how many. They were all false positives because they actually were contaminated with the COVID-19 inside of them. That was so odd. And I haven't really seen, you would think there'd be a huge follow-up. Like, why did that happen? (laughs) Because who, who investigated them? The CDC investigated themselves. Of course. Yeah. And you get people saying, oh, they wouldn't do that. And I go, is, was it the Tuskegee, something like that, where yeah, they infected yeah. all the guys with syphilis? And, and, and this, the thing is, they're using the same old, same old, same old. And uh, it is quite funny. I, I will say uh, <laughs> it, the one thing is um, no one ever, ever says anything to me for not wearing a mask. I don't wear a mask. I never go around the supermarket and follow the arrows. I go my way. I don't do social distancing. I don't do it. I never have. I never did lockdown. My friend and I, all our families got together. We had parties. We had a great time. We did dog walking. I don't know what lockdown is. And no one has ever challenged me about not having a mask. I had one woman as I leaned in, she went social distancing and she had a, a handkerchief. I says, what you th- you think that dirty rag's going to stop you from getting anything? I says, you want to check the garbage that's in your trolley? You know, if you're going to eat, and I did say the SHIT, if you're going to eat that, why are you worrying about a virus? But uh, I think if you, what's that called? The Mandela effect. I think if you think constantly, oh, it's going to be this, it's all bad, they're going to drag me out of my house. Uh, um, Neville Goddard was a Christian and he said, we're all born in the same reality, but our outcome is based on our thoughts. And we do know that those, you know, when your cells divide, those little telomeres on the end of your DNA, every time the cell divides, a bit snaps off, a bit snaps off. And there was a study done in the 60s on what affects, that affects how quick you age. What affects it more than anything is not our foods, our toxins, it's our emotions, mm-hmm. our emotions and our beliefs. And if we don't feel valued or loved, so there you have it, that your, your mind is going to really be your reality. So if you're constantly living in that fear, it's going to make you secrete loads of adrenaline and cortisol and get sick. You've got to rise right out of that into the light. I, I was reading a PhD paper about what the earth resonates at. I think it's 24.7 or 27.4. And all the low frequencies like anger, fear, resentment, they're really low, 0.2 to 2. Joy and loving thy brother and sister, something like 200 and something. And this is, well, this is science. energy out there. It really is by science and by our spiritual belief. Yeah. Most powerful thing. So For sure. Just believe we, we're going to uh, overpower these minions, uh, these minions that think cash is everything. And, and, and generally, if you look at them all, they're all ugly anyway. Yeah. And if you look at all the politicians as well that are doing all this pedophilia, it's like Hollywood for ugly people. And that's because, you know, so within, so without, you know, outside, you're ugly inside, it comes out. We've just got to stay kind of remembering everyone, know that we're all together, stick together, stay in the light. No, we don't have to do it. We don't have to do it. We don't have to take the vaccine. Mm-hmm. And um, I just want to say on camera, I never stopped working either. What was that all about? 
I was fortunate I worked for myself. I just said, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it and I'm going to work. And that was it. And, um, uh, uh, and yeah. I just did. Well, and I think and I important. worked for myself. So that was an incentive, you know, don't work, don't pay your mortgage. And that's, that's what I was just going to say. The ones, uh, especially in the healthcare field, try to be as independent as you can, because, uh, you know, the people that are working for a, a corporation, or if you're working at a hospital, I mean, then you've got to kind of tow the party line. But if you're an independently functioning doctor with your own practice, then you can, you really have a lot more autonomy. And so you can get away with, uh, with a lot more in terms of what you're doing with your patients. Um, so we're looking maybe at about 15 minutes left and I just want to make sure we kind of wrap this up um, by, I wanted to have a, a bit of a conversation about healthcare freedom and then some of the solutions in general. Maybe Kate, you could talk about some of the organizing politically that seems to be happening. I know there's more of a movement in Canada here in the United States. It's not, not so much. Um, I'd like, I certainly would like to see more. So maybe Dr. Carey, you could, you could speak to that too. Like what kind of organizing can be going on? What can we be doing here? Um, just to try to get the word out, but maybe even be more politically active. I mean, it seems like at some point, I almost feel like there's a lot of people, you know, up in the hills waiting for that spark. Or we talked a little bit about the leadership that needs to happen. If the leadership can come forward, you know, hopefully we can get a kind of a mass movement going on here. But it does seem challenging. And as we've already talked about, it doesn't seem like we have a lot of time left. This vaccine is going to be coming out in the next couple months. So. So anyway, what are you I think thinking? Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny's, mm -hmm. uh, maybe you connect with her. Yeah, we've, she's we've really spoken with her. Yeah, and, and we're linking with her on Saturday. We're linking with Dr. Calvin, Great. Dr. Tenpenny. Uh, we're linking with Berlin, Canada, mm -hmm. all from, from London. Yeah, and I'm working with um, a law group here, um, so American Freedom Information Center, and we've actually linked up with some lawyers in Italy, and we're trying to make this uh, international kind of group, and we, we need some, some law on our side as well. And so we're brainstorming right now, and the American Freedom Information Center, they're actually doing free training for people in their individual states to show them how they can become leaders within their own state, because we have to fight the state legislature. It's not just... Um, with the international law. Of course, we need to really invoke that Nuremberg code because right. it's, you know, a lot of people died for that code and we should not forget about that international code. We are human beings. We should not be experimented on without our consent. And we are truly in the middle of an experiment because none of these experiments will be completed by the time they launch the vaccine. We will literally be inside of an experiment. Mm -hmm. Truly, mm -hmm. How can they get away with this? And this I, I all because we're letting them away with it. Well, that's just tyranny. A tyrannical so, you know, government doesn't overpower the people; it's the people allowing it. You're right, and it goes against the Hippocratic Oath. So I know a lot of doctors weren't going to enforce it. However, this was where they came up with the plan for sending the vaccine to your individual homes through the UPS or Amazon service, where you'd put the bandage on yourself. So when I found wow. out they were doing that, I was like. That's how they're, they're going around the military. That's how they're going around the doctor's Hippocratic Oath. They'll just put it in. And you don't even, and some people wouldn't even know what it was, right? I mean, if they weren't able to be that educated, oh, it's just a bandage I'm putting on. And little did you know, you just got vaccinated and had an ID and had the hydrogel put in you. Right. That was uh, and all the, uh, and it's not just about um, 
people say, oh, I'm not, you know, they like to sit on the garden fence, don't they? And they go, I'm not anti-vax, I'm pro-choice. Well, I am anti-vax because I think about all the elderly, all the children in care, all the disabled children, all the um, adults who come under the Vulnerable Adults Act. I am anti-vax for them. I can absolutely assure you this body that the creator came up with does not need any vaccine or none that are certainly on the market now. So, uh, you know, you're right. It's not just about um, those that don't even know what it is. It's those that don't even have a say that are going to be, uh, they're going to take that. So it's, that's, I, I really, that is a big thing for me. It's a really big thing. But you're right, you know, the Nuremberg Act, we need to get that up and running because it is, everybody needs to go and look up what genocide is. And you'll see that genocide is upon us. It's already here. Right. We're already in it. Well, it's funny, this this idea, I've been thinking about it more and more lately. Uh, there could almost be a constitutional amendment here in the United States about medical tyranny. Like we can't, the government can't force us to take these, uh, you know, this certain medical path. Informed consent almost goes both ways, actually, I, because I've been interviewing a lot of doctors and, we, and we've been talking about this, this idea of healthcare freedom so that this doesn't happen. I mean, even when we talk about the Nuremberg Code, I mean, these non-pharmaceutical interventions, everybody's got to wear a mask, everybody's got to social distance. These are also experiments, but they don't know you know, this has never been done no, we before. We do know that it doesn't work. We do know the mask right. doesn't work. <laughs> right. So much data, and we know unbelievable. And we Why? know it can make you sick. And of course. And they're yeah. forcing it on us. Yeah. Makes sense, you know. And, you know, mandated vaccines, I say this over and over, if we're being punished, that's a mandated vaccine, in my opinion. If you take away my ability sure. to work, to go to school, travel, if I'm on house arrest, literally on house arrest, because I won't take this vaccine, it's experimental. I mean, that is mandating a vaccine. That's ridiculous. They're trying to use wordplay on that. Right. Um, that's what they're trying to say. Oh, you're not mandated, but you won't have any rights. You'll have to stay in your home for an in, indefinite amount of time and yeah. not be able to buy, cut off from your food supply or whatever. I mean, no, we are human beings, sovereign souls. And no, this is insane. Why are we even going this far? This should never, should never have gone this far. Uh, where's yeah. their fighting spirit? <laughs> right. It's been crazy. I mean, I remember when the lockdowns happened and there was no conversation about, about the right of assembly. Like they just took away our right to freedom of assembly. This is fundamental human right. <laughs> you know, like nobody talked about it. Nobody mentioned it. We didn't have a conversation. We just got rid of it. And it's really crazy, isn't it? You can go and buy alcohol. I've just ordered a megaphone so that I can go and stand in all the McDonald's car parks. I'm going to do a megaphone thing about what's in McDonald's food as they drive sure. in with their masks on. And we're going to video it in all the McDonald's. I just feel like doing it. But I did my own. I did. A, I stood in the pulpit yesterday in a church and did my own sermon about what was in a vaccine because the evangelist Christians are calling for everyone to have the new vaccine. So I actually did go into a church and did my own sermon and videoed it. And put it out on Facebook. Nice. So I'm probably never ever going to be allowed in that church again. My picture will be on the door. Um, but uh, I, it, it, it is. No one's. Everyone just keep. But this is it. This is a torture tactic. Yeah. They take away a little bit so you don't notice, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you accept more and more and more. I mean, to 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 say you've got to wear a mask, and I keep seeing. I see these people, and they just. And a nurse the other day, my friend couldn't wear one. She said, just wear it under your chin. 
That's, right. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> we're, we're, about symbology, just like Fauci said. It's he even admitted they don't work, but it's symbolic. He said the words. It's symbolic. Sure. Is that not actually Fauci. real? Is That's he why really we're real? All- <laughs> I, I don't. I I think a Mandela effect again. I I think how is he and Bill Gates real? Because. I don't know. How could Bill Gates go down the 7-Eleven without, you know, 20 people jumping on him and killing him? <laughs> so does he actually exist? Is he real? Has anyone actually seen it? Right. <laughs> it is I, I, I'm actually being deadly serious. Is this like some shadow government and he's really just an illusion? to like get everyone riled up. We're really all annoyed when he goes, oh, we shoot it right up. I mean, who really does? Did he really say that? And I just think, is this really just another bit of propaganda? And it's like, it's like Fauci. They couldn't have picked a more revolting. He's like something of Hogwarts, of Harry Potter, the little men that worked in the bank. They couldn't have picked a more revolting, creepy guy. And I think, does he actually exist? And can he actually go to Walmart shopping or wherever? Why has right. nobody jumped on him as well and killed him? I mean, this is what I think about at five in the morning when I wake up. Well, I, know you know, I guess we're talking about how people have been trained to, to be followers in this case. And they do. They prop up these authority figures and everybody just believes what they say. And even though like you can point to Fauci and you can point to all these companies that he's been associating with funneling mm-hmm. billions, billions of dollars to over the last, you know, 40 years and. And nobody can kind of make the connection that maybe there's a little bit of corruption going on. Maybe he's pushing remdesivir and ignoring hydroxychloroquine because his buddies are going to make billions off of it. Like, can nobody put that together? That's the same. It's the same in the UK. With all of them in the UK, they're all interconnected with Sage. They've all had money from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Right. They literally all are in it together they're all uh, they all are interconnected all of them and and it's really you know I, I have some BBC BBC reporter always coming after me now which is quite nice really because you've gone over the threshold and I'd like to thank him because I have more followers but uh, every time they come after me I put the little meme up of Jimmy Savile and I say remember the BBC you know <laughs> let him let him and uh, it's like how can you know, how are these people still walking and breathing? What happened to the angry mob with pitchforks? I'm just saying, like, for a friend. I'm asking for a friend. Uh, but it is, it's quite, I, I, I want, I've actually started to think, does Bill Gates really exist? I don't know. How does he even, how can he go anywhere without 50 minders? Has anyone ever seen him? Have you ever seen him? I don't think he hangs out with the likes of us. Yeah. <laughs> hang out with us <laughs> i know but i i don't it's really i i, I have to but because this kind of thing does happen it does happen what i'm saying is not fantasy it does happen where you see this out the tv it's like an mk ultra thing and you think these people really exist but they don't yeah they can create somebody doing and talking and you'd swear it's the real person they can do amazing things with technology now it's true i've not seen them in person i don't know <laughs> i don't know anyone that has. i've asked loads of people i've asked loads of people uh, and his wife that wears the pinafore that looks like she's come out of some sect uh, like, so the upside it, down it, cross on a, a morning show you saw that melinda gates yeah yeah but again right. that that's so blatant. Wearing would she really? 
Would yeah. she really, would somebody not say to her on the crew when they're doing a bit of lipstick and hair on her before they put her in front of the camera, um, you know, Mrs. Gates, Where? Your, choice of, your choice of pinafore and sweater is bad enough. Uh, but when you, you know, with all that money and your clothing, taste is really rank. But when you put an upside down cross on there, it might really make the audience a bit annoyed. So when I see that, I think, oh, come on. You know no, what? This is the idiot's, the idiot's lantern TV. Do you really expect me to believe that? Right. Well, that, Do you see what I'm saying? That's where the predictive programming comes in. That's where the, they're doing it with our consent. They're doing it right in front of our faces. I mean, we exactly. have Bill Gates come out and telling say... Us who they are. Yeah. They're telling and, us who they are. So we would have to agree to go along that route and agree to go with them. So don't agree to it. They're showing right. you in front of our, our us, in front of our faces, 666, Lucifer Ace, Upside Down Cross, everything yeah, else. Yeah, that's, that's the devil. The de- they like it's to crazy. parade it. Mm-hmm. especially in the movies and the music industry and everything else too i mean it's right in front of your face it's it is amazing i couldn't believe it when the laws and you know the patent number 666 it was just like really guys come on yeah but you know what i i I just want to say for all those unborn children i do it really graphically on my videos you know don't even don't even think about the 666 when you think of how they obtain those fetuses and what they do to those babies, 20-week fetuses that are alive, that are lifted out the sacs and dissected when they're alive, uh, that in itself, and then they're using that, and that's being injected into your beautiful, perfect child as you put it on the altar, because that's what it is. Um, mm. It starts right there. Don't even think about the enzyme. Think about the fact that they actually killed another human being to inject your child with it. Or You know what I'm saying? Even that. I've held a severed arm from a fetus in my hand one day that, you know, retained products. The woman went and had a cigarette in the shower. And I worked in an abortion. It was actually gynecology wood. So I've seen it. I've seen it done. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's... That that's just not. Uh, we're not. We're not civilized. We're really not. You don't get any species doing that. I've got a ski holiday booked. I'm just going to have a, an abortion, uh, so I, I'll have a baby next year. I, I, I've actually heard that. Uh, and uh, everybody gets an abortion. Everybody fits the agenda. They the thing. They never say no. They don't. Everybody gets one. They say there's a criteria, but everyone gets one. You know that, Carrie. And uh, so so. I'm sorry, but no, I, we're not civilized. We're already, we're already so far down the sewer that this is just, you know, the, the Lucifer race is just really, I, that's like the cake with a cherry on the top. That's just I the cherry. This has been going on for way before we were all born. So it's not new. It's mm-hmm. just that the veil is coming off and it's very painful to see our reality, but we have to see it so that we can change it. Yeah, yeah, we have to feel better yeah, around. Discomfort, discomfort makes us change. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, we have just a few minutes left. We probably should wrap it up. If there's any kind of final uh, comments, there are just a few things I feel like. Um, I, I really want to end with this notion of informed consent again. I wanted to get back to it because I wanted to talk about this. Um, we, we, when we think about it, we often think about having informed consent for something that's being done to us so that we can stop that from happening. But there's this other side to it that I've been thinking about it a lot, which is that we should, I mean, this hydroxychloroquine debate really 
kind of touched me because I, you know, after a while I'm getting tired of arguing with people about things like this. Like if I want to take hydroxychloroquine, what do you care? You, you know, like why, why are we arguing? Oh my God, Trump said this, or it should be illegal because of that or what? No, you know, I should be able to talk to my doctor that I trust and to take whatever I want. If I don't want to take chemotherapy, I should be able to take whatever I want. As long as it's within that doctor patient relationship under, under informed consent. So informed consent isn't just a way to like protect yourself from these, you know, from being experimented upon, but it's also a way to use alternative treatments because, and, and to just to take healthcare out of the political arena altogether. I mean, that's just my, you know, like, right. Why is it even a political thing to, that we all have to debate every little, oh, you have this symptom, you have that symptom. Well, let's have a national debate about what, whether you should take an aspirin or not. You know, it's like, no. I don't understand. We, and, you know, in Georgia, where, you know, I'm licensed, the pharmacies now have the ability to overpower the doctor and their, their prescription. So mm -hmm. I can write for hydroxychloroquine and they have the right to deny me. And also invasion of privacy or invasion of, or of the HIPAA laws where they can ask the patient what they have. And demand to know their diagnosis and how I'm treating them or how another doctor is treating them. This is insane. When did we start violating HIPAA? Why is that allowed? I don't see any mandate that was passed for that. But again, they put that through the state legislature and it went through. Right. Oh, our emergency act. Sorry, it's emergency act. Well, that's and that's amazing what they've done with these states of emergency. They just superseded all, even legislative, even the democracy now. You know, like these governors can do whatever they want. Oh, state of emergency. Okay. You know. Emergency supposed to be for a very def definite time, like a flood, a tornado, something like that. It was never intended for something like this, right? Yeah. So where's our check and balances? I think it has to they come back. Look, they look kind of uncomfortable when they're doing it. Do you not think that they're kind of being told that they have to do that? Sure, they're yeah, just of course. Yeah, it's, I, it's, it, it, it is really Hollywood for ugly people. Right. All the politics bit of it is. I mean, you it can is, see these, it, I think... Especially here in the United States with Cuomo in New York and Gavin Newsom here in California, you can almost see they it feels like they're reading off the script. They're doing what they're told. They're following, you know, whatever this whole psychological operation is. They're the ones in charge and they're making it happen and they're just doing what, what you know, what they need to do. And it's not, it just doesn't even feel like real government anymore. It's funny. Yeah. They, you know, it's a totally di divorced from the will of the people. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, and God's got a really special, special thank you for them. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I, I think when I can't control something, I just know he keeps score. And uh, we 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 have our government here, and then we have MPs. And what we do with the um, when you ask an MP a question, and we know they're lying, so what we try and do is we try and get them to answer the the people by writing an email. Because the minute they write it, like we say, you know about. You can ask them about COVID or you can ask them about 5G. And though if they write back and say it's completely safe, well, we know it's not. So that's lying in public office and it carries a life sentence. Mm -hmm. So that's where, you know, you, you, you get them with the law. And the same as in the hospitals, you were saying about healthcare. Well, in the UK, we have the National Health Service, which is a bit of a joke. Uh, they, I, I always say the National Health, formerly known as healthcare, and I now call them kills. They're not hospitals, they're hospitals, because of course they get you in the womb now and they make you sick, keep you sick. But um, they, they are no longer, the doctors and nurses are no longer being autonomous in their practice 
and doing uh, treating in the best interests of the patient. Mm-hmm. Um, they're following uh, a protocol. So, for instance, like what you said about the hydroxychloroquine, uh, doctor, I interviewed Dr. Eric Napute, and he treated loads of patients who'd all recovered. And then we heard all the doctors, uh, um, I remember, can't remember where it was, but they all came on. And how much does something need to be anecdotal before it becomes proven? Uh, Or or do we need to say we've got a study, but we only used eight patients and we had a control group and that's a scientific study, but we only had eight really, but we don't say that. We put it into a percentage. And when you find out actually how many were in it, you're like, what? But you know, these are thousands of people. But unfortunately, I I think what's happened is, is government should never, ever have its paw in healthcare because they're not trained in healthcare. That's just it should be completely autonomous. Mm-hmm. The doctors and the nurses, it should be vocational. It used to be that nursing was done in a nursing school. It was a vocation where you like people as soon as they put it into the university and gave these nurses a degree and a master's degree, then you're getting people in that occupation who are ticket collectors. They want the letters. They're not, it's not a vocation. And when you put the government in control, then you have a conflict of interest. And, and it becomes about money and right. numbers and not about patient-centric. And that's exactly what we have in the UK. And I, I, I'm sure that's ex- it's more in the, U- in the US because it's more money. You follow the protocol, you follow an algorithm, you do not think. And I fought that system until they just wouldn't pay me until I followed the algorithm. So I'm like, fine, I don't get paid. I'll cut myself off from the insurance companies, from these hospital protocols. I'll just do my own, you know, individual consultations, you know, yeah. but if you are part of any of those institutions. You are forced to follow these algorithms and protocols, even if they go against science and research, you know, it's unbelievable. This is a really important point. And I've even thought, you know, the countries that have dealt with the COVID-19 better have typically been the ones that have more decentralized systems where the doctors can make their own choices. They're oftentimes they're using these alternative treatments like hydroxychloroquine and zinc or the steroid treatment or, um, you know, the intravenous vitamin C's or some of these treatments. I mean, hydroxychloroquine has been known to, I mean, how is that alternative? Yeah, right. (laughs) Exactly. I I, I was, I was, uh, I was doing a show and the mission, the Christian missionaries, in Africa, they don't have any money, and they've been successfully treating malaria in, I believe it was 40 days, with uh, DMSO, um, chlorine dioxide, and sodium citrate. And yet, you're not allowed to talk about that. There was one radio show where the guy came on and talked about it, and YouTube bombed him off. Uh, they removed it from everywhere, uh, and I, I have cupboards full of it. But it, it works very similar to the hydroxychloroquine. And, and then the other thing as well is, you know, they're typically used for parasites as well. So then again, it makes me, you know, it makes me ask. But nobody, yeah, yeah. Virus. <laughs> yeah, but I think it, it, it is literally, it's, it's about, it's no, nothing is patient centric anymore. Um, and I, I was really fortunate. I've managed to snaffle an, um, a pharmacist in the UK who wants to filter lots of information to me and do some whistleblowing. And all he said to me the other day was, you won't believe the money that's being generated right now. 
So and that's in the UK. So so there's yeah. a lot of money being generated somewhere. <laughs> I know in the US it's the same way. It's just uh, it's just this. You know, we have this bio defense industrial complex basically and they're just getting billions and billions of dollars funneled in through this you know through this system for this whole COVID thing and it's only you know for the remdes only for the politically connected right for the remdesivir and the and gilead sciences or for the vaccine but uh you know none of it's going to these other uh, other groups for different research right if you think differently you're not getting a, a piece of that so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I think as well, everyone needs to understand 70% of the advertising budget in mass media comes from pharmacy, from pharma, pharmaceuticals. Right. Uh, and, and it's top heavy. Uh, the the, the, the um, medical elite get chosen by big pharma and they choose who gets the top jobs. They choose what gets published, what doesn't get published. And even if certain doctors wanted to refute uh, what they're saying is is evidence based. They can't because they'll get struck off. Uh, they'll get they'll get uh, discredited. They might even lose their lives, and that has happened. We know it's happened. Yes. And oh, so yes. this 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 muddying of the whole system again, it goes right back to them, <laughs> them, and uh, mm-hmm. and and this is where um, it, it all needs to be ripped apart. It needs to be taken out. This is like what, you know, what we're doing. We want to open, if we're all going to survive this, a nursing board. Uh, and as soon as I floated it out there, you wouldn't believe the amount of emails I got from nurses who said, I want to join. I don't want to be part of this anymore. I don't want to hurt people anymore. So, you know, I do have faith. Not everybody is thinking just of themselves, the discounts, their salary. They don't speak up. People do, they want a leader. They want someone to go, okay, we're going to open this. Mm-hmm. We, we have a wonderful doctor in the UK. He's just been struck, uh, just been suspended, 30-year surgeon, NHS surgeon. And I said to him, they're not going to give you your license back because to do that, they would have to say, okay, we were lying. You're right. I said, so stop being on the defensive. This is what we need to do is in the medical industry. Don't be on the offensive. Go on the offensive. Say, we're not going to do that. We're going to set up on our own. And you're not getting another cent. We're not going to sell all your drugs so that you can send us on a two-week thing to Antigua. (laughs) That's how the oncology industry works. And I think when people start doing that, uh, um, you're you're not. And and as well, if you eat right, you're not going to need the healthcare system. That's why they made McDonald's open, alcohol open, right? Because they they want to keep sick, so that you need to use all these things, and 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 why it's so cheap that this crap is so cheap, so that those in the low socioeconomic groups they 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 can't really afford it. They can feed a whole family for you know ten dollars. So, um, and then what do we see in the hospitals? We see in the UK as well. In the foyers of the hospitals, Dunkin' Donut, McDonald's, Domino's Pizzas, they have this garbage. So they're really not hospitals anymore. They're hospitals. <laughs> I hear what you. What I call them. Yeah, it's a good name for them, hospital. Well, ladies, we could talk for hours, but I think we better we better uh, wrap it up here. It's been almost two hours now, I think. And so, um, Kate, do you want to tell us just a little bit more about this um, um, this um, political rally that's Freedom. happening over the Freedom weekend. Rally. Nice. Yep, it's uh, 29th. That's this Saturday, 12 o'clock, Trafalgar Square. You'll hear five speakers in Trafalgar Square. There's a stage. 
And then we move on. We walk past 10 Downing Street and we go to Parliament Square. Uh, when we started this, it's grown like you would not believe. Um, we even have David Icke and love him a lot, you know, hate him. He's mm. been really spot on predicting what is coming and we have David Icke, we have his son, and we also have um, a, a doctor, I believe it's uh, Dr. Coleman. He's called an old man in a chair, and he's a GP that's really come out against the establishment. We've got some yeah. fantastic speakers. Myself, I'm not saying I'm fantastic, but I'm just saying we've got some speakers. <laughs> I've been kind of given the mic to, uh, to you know, keep it on. We've got Mark Steele. Um, we have... Um, uh, Piers Corbin. Uh, we we have lots of doctors. We have the wonderful Dolores Carhill, Professor Dolores Carhill, who's part of the Yellow Vest movement. Uh, you know what that is, and mm -hmm. and again they've got their own political party. So we really want uh, we want as many feet on the ground because one of the people that I know actually asked a senior police officer at a Black Lives Matter protest, why why aren't you doing anything? And he said we can't. There's twice as many of them as there are of us. So there you are. They've told us. Um, we need as many people there on the ground as possible. And I think it's going to give people a really big sense of unity that, you know, wait a minute, look, I'm not on my own sitting in my house thinking this is wrong. There's thousands and thousands of people here. And remember, the press are liars, the lying liars of lies. When they report on something, they'll say, oh, there was a few hundred people there. Then you'll find out there was like almost a million people there. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, so, and we're seeing this all over the world. We're linking it to Berlin. We're linking it to America with Cherry Tenpenny, Dr. Kaufman, uh, Canada. This really is your moment as as uh, England, my England. I'm really, you know, I'm an English rose. Uh, I love the song Jerusalem, incidentally. Nor shall my sword sleep in my hand till we have built Jerusalem on England's green and pleasant land. So uh, join us, Trafalgar Square. And uh, if anyone wants to come up and say hello to me, please do. I've got a film crew uh, shadowing me all day. They're going to make a, a program on the event. And this needs to be so that in 20, 30 years' time, when we're probably gone and our kids are grown up, they can look back and say, these were the people who we've seen all over Facebook, all over the internet, Carrie, yourself, everyone. These were the people that were the warriors of this time, the resistance that fought to give us the freedom we have today. Because mm -hmm. this is quiet weapons for secret wars, fourth generation warfare. We're in it. We're in it. This is a war on us to be on the ground. And, and you know, look, let's, let's stop this. We can do it. We can do it. Mm -hmm. And where should people go to find out more about your work? What, do you have a, a website? Uh, or? I, I'm really kind of rubbish at tech. I'm on Facebook. I'm, okay. I'm banned more than I'm, I'm on there. But lately, I think they're <laughs> watching me, which is great because they've lifted all my bands. Really, really, I had so many bands and all of a right. sudden they all lifted. And I thought, yeah, that's, that's the army watching me. But I give them lots to watch. Uh, <laughs> so I'm on Twitter. I've not long gone on Twitter, but I'm really rocking it on there with my sarcasm. So it's at Kate Shamarani. I'm on Instagram, Kate Shamarani, Natural Nurse in a Toxic World. Same on, I have a YouTube channel. They pulled my last one because it got really big, uh, but I put another one up there. I'm the little icon, the Barbie icon dressed as a nurse. Yep, I'm predictable. Um, I'm a bit shoot and brighty on and disseminate TV. I haven't loaded very much up on there yet. I wait. And there's a new platform called NewTube which is uh, a really good one. I have opened something on there, but I'm just waiting. And um, 
And I have got a website coming soon. Uh, but, but generally, people will find me. If you have any health issues, it's katesheramirani at gmail.com. Please be patient. I get thousands. Uh, chicks got to eat. I do charge for that. Uh, but if you really, uh, you know, you really are brass and, you, uh, and be honest, and people are honest, um, I will give you pointers. I have loads of teaching videos on my Facebook page. And um, you are what you eat. Today's food becomes tomorrow's sales. And no amount of exercise is an offset for a poor diet. Sounds great. Boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Dr. Carey, will you, um, and where can we find out more about the American Freedom Information Center as well? Because I just, I think this political angle is pretty important. So trying yeah, to they're, figure they're out. They're on how Facebook to... as well. And I think they're getting a backup website just like I have. Um, but they, you can find information on, on Facebook. Uh, and then on my private uh, group on Facebook too, we have information about them. And then on my YouTube channel, um, there's information on there as well. Is it Dr. Karen Minaj? What's your, because uh, lots of people are asking me, I'd really like to connect with you and do a, yeah. a two blondes interview as well, because they love you in the UK. <laughs> great. Yeah, that would be great. They do. You have a big guy following. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So, uh, yeah, just look at me up at Dr. Carrie Made, M-A-D-E-J, and uh, you can find me easily that way. On YouTube, and it's uh, the, the Serendipity group, right? On, on the private hidden group, but you have to go through me on Facebook, and then that's how we've stayed up really for so long. Uh, okay, right, great. So just look up by me. I'm sorry? I'm going to join. Oh, good. <laughs> I'll look you up as well. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a great conversation, ladies. I really appreciate you both coming on. Um, and I do hope people are listening and I hope people are ready to get active because it's starting to feel like that's the direction that all of this needs to go in. I mean, I, I'm happy to hear, you know, I think we heard about um, the big protests in Germany last week or two weeks ago and uh, now London. So Europe is starting to really rally. I think uh, Canada is rallying and hopefully the U.S. will start to to kind of get off the ground and i guess we'll all just keep praying for our for our uh fellow humans in australia and new zealand because they probably need the help the most it sounds like these days but <laughs> yeah but we'll... they're kind of quiet people you know they're um they're kind of you know like have a few beers get the barbie up and chill sure like that is kind of their nature and i say that because of my family that is kind of my sister's even like that Right. We kind of need a rocket off the bahuki. Yep. Time time to get off, off our butts and make something happen here because once this vaccine comes out, um, it may start to be too late. I actually saw an, an article from the World Economic Forum. We didn't talk about those guys, but they're behind a lot of this. Um, and they were saying, you know, oh, in a few years, it's going to be so interesting. We're not going to have to own anything. And, you know, sure, we're not going to have a lot of privacy, but you know, our lives are going to be so easy. And then it even mentioned, and then there are, you know, those people that didn't join us in the city and they just live out in the country and they do their own thing. And <laughs> that's brave new world. Exactly. That's brave new world. Right. The savage the reservation world. is outside of utopia. I'm loving the idea of the savage reservation. Well, I think, I think I'll be, living, I'll be living there with you, Kate. So <laughs> absolutely. And, and, Carrie will be the doctors. I'll be the nurse. We're sorted. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Let me just tell uh, all of our listeners that you can find out more about Transparent Media Truth and our roundtable discussions at Transparent Media Truth on YouTube. And we're also on the web at transparentmediatruth.com. So you can check out more there. We've got having a lot of great uh, discussions uh, over the last couple of months as this COVID thing has rolled on. So you can really get yourself informed. Um, I want to thank both of these ladies for being on here, Dr. Carey and uh, Kate Sheramani. Thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. That Thank was a great you. conversation. I think a lot of people are going to learn a lot. Pleasure talking Thank to you. Thank you. Thanks very much. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> all right. Take care, Bye. you guys. Bye. Well, all right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for checking out that, the 15th roundtable discussion between myself, Dr. Carrie Madej, and the natural nurse in a toxic world, Kate Sheramani. A lot of great things coming out of that. Um, Dr. Carrie has been doing such great work, and what I really got out of that conversation with her was her firsthand experience in terms of being in an industry that is working on these technologies that seem to be coming down the pike. And I was really trying to pay close attention to uh, her warnings about what may be coming in terms of this uh, mRNA vaccine. Uh, it hasn't really been tested. We don't really understand exactly what its effect on the genome is going to be. And it seems like this might be uh, a generational thing. I mean, they're going to inject you with something that literally changes you uh, at a cellular on a DNA, DNA level. Um, and uh, we don't really see what those side effects uh, are going to be. So um, that's something to really, I think, take to heart um, when it comes time to answer that question for yourself as to whether or not you want this vaccine. The other thing that she talked about that really struck me was this hydrogel technology, uh, where they're literally coming to this place where they're going to inject you with, you know, potentially this microdot tattoo, this luciferase uh, enzyme that's going to be able to keep track of your uh, vaccine information and your healthcare information, but the hydrogel was even taking this nanotech to the next level where inside your body will be this nanotechnology that can keep track of basically all of your uh, health information, what's going on with your body, what your blood pressure is. Um, you know, she even mentioned uh, when was the last time you had sex, all kinds of personal information, and this will connect wirelessly to whatever huge big database the technocrats are going to be paying attention to so they can keep track of everybody's information and they can make choices for everybody uh, rather than allowing all of us to make choices for ourselves. So um, the stories that she was telling, like uh, going to the conference in Las Vegas, where she's hearing these doctors bragging about how they're going to be able to inject us with DNA and RNA sequences that literally have their signatures attached to them and this potential for then having us be genetically modified by individuals that can then patent those modifications, implying that maybe coming, coming up here in the next decade uh, or even sooner is uh, that we ourselves or parts of our DNA sequence will be patented and owned by someone else. So does that mean that someone else is going to then own us? Um, is this just making the slavery, you know, I think it's there's a solid argument that can be made that we're all currently debt slaves anyway. We've had guests on in the past talking about uh, the birth certificate and where that takes us or our social security numbers being uh, just an, a, a cog in their machine. Uh, at what point do we become slaves? But this idea of uh, having a signature a DNA sequence as a part of of us <laughs> that can literally be patented um, 
and then potentially have us be patented by these entities and these individuals that are creating these sequences. Uh, it's just crazy. And um, again, uh, Dr. Carey, very uh, well educated, but a person with firsthand experience going to meetings and going to conferences where these guys are discussing this. So uh, I think very credible information and something we really need to be thinking about, especially as this new uh, mRNA vaccine for COVID-19 comes down the pike and we all have to make our decisions, mandatory or not, uh, as to whether or not we're going to allow them to inject us with this stuff. So um, really important information there. And having Kate on, not only was it really interesting to have the, uh, the UK perspective, so we were able to compare and contrast the American perspective with the UK perspective, but what was really exciting to me about Kate's uh, experience is that she's been able to become really politically active. And now, this is uh, I'm recording this a week from the interview, and they've had the... Uh, They've had the rally in Trafalgar Square, so you know if we've been paying attention to that in the news, uh, according to some reports, up to 40,000 people showed up. Uh, we're seeing a really solid uh, organization there. There was also uh, hundreds of thousands of people potentially that showed up in, in Berlin, in Germany. So in Europe, we're starting to see uh, an organized front. I wish we could see this kind of political movement happen here in the United States. I think we all have something to learn from Kate and her work. Um, because this is where things need to go here in the U.S. We're seeing movements in Canada. We're seeing movements in Ireland. Um, but here in the United States, for some reason, it seems really difficult to organize. Um, producer Rob Rubin and I have been having conversations about this. What do we do? Uh, how do we get together? Obviously, a lot of people are listening to this information. It's getting out there. So many independent journalists and citizen journalists doing work and getting, getting views and getting hits. Um, but still not a cohesive movement here in the United States to stand up directly against uh, a lot of uh, this uh, government and corporate overreach into our personal lives and our personal health care decisions. So still looking, and uh, Rob and I are looking for, for more people to talk to that maybe are doing this kind of organizational work, um, and certainly we're going to continue to advocate for this. It's extremely important, I think, that we turn uh, a lot of this information into political action and we start having a voice in the political scene if we're going to prevent these guys from just rolling all over us in our communities. So um, something to really keep in, in keep to heart here and something to think about for all of us. Um, because if you're listening to this kind of information, you know, it's time to kind of step it up, I think. Um, we need to figure out the, the people that are going to be doing the organizing. You know, hey, we've all got to put a little bit of time, a little bit of effort, maybe a, a few donations in to those uh, individuals and organizations that are going to be getting this out there uh, and then organizing the political action that it's going to take to stop these guys. So, uh, you know, serious kudos to Kate for putting that out. Um, and so, uh, again, thanks for everybody for checking this one out. Um, you know, this is our 15th round table. We're really starting to pick up some steam. Uh, I've had an opportunity to talk to a lot of really, really interesting people already. Uh, and looking forward to keeping this going uh, in and through into the future. So, um, you know, please think about hitting that Patreon page, Transparent Media Truth on Patreon.com, uh, and throwing a donation our way for the work that we're doing. 
um, you know, we got We all got to eat too. So uh, we'd really appreciate it if you're listening to this. Uh, think about making a donation. You can check out my website at theshiftnow.com and uh, get more information from um, my weekly interview show, uh, The Shift with Doug McKinty as well. So uh, thanks again for checking us out and we'll be coming out with another episode next week. So hope you stay tuned for that one as well. Thanks so much and uh, take care. Have a great day. Opinions and ideas expressed in this roundtable discussion do not necessarily reflect the views of transparent media truth, but only those of the speakers participating in the discussion. Under the copyright disclaimer within Section 107 of the Copyright Act of 1976, allowances are made for fair use of public content for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, and research. Fair use is a use permitted by copyright statute that might otherwise be infringing. Nonprofit, educational, or personal use tips the balance in favor of fair use.